You are now tuned into the Boxing Bros. I'm Caden, and I'm here with my co-host. And as you can see, my brother Trill Dollar Bill isn't here. He's handling some business. He'll tap in with us if he gets the opportunity. What's going on, everybody? It's Conspiracy G. What's good? And it's your boy, Letty. Let me know so I can spin it. Anyways, oh, um, the first topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia announced that they are fighting each other. We're going to look at some of the announcements and then... We'll discuss it in greater detail. So the first thing we're going to look at is a retweet from Javante Davis. Well, Javante Davis retweeted this, and it's from uh, Premier Boxing Champions. It says, Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia is a done deal. Tank announces his return to the ring on January 7th with a matchup against King Rye to follow later this year. So that's that. We're going to take a look at Another post from Steven Espinoza, in which Steven Espinoza uh, tweeted, done deal, it's on, all credit to Tank and Ryan, lots of obstacles along the way, but they both stayed the course, they give the fans the fight they want, um, hashtag Davis Garcia, hashtag Tank Ryan, uh, so I'm going to click on uh, this uh, picture real quick and allow it to load up. So it's Ryan Garcia's Twitter, and Ryan Garcia says, I'm so pumped this fight is finally in place. I want it more than anything right now. I've put in the work. I'm at the prime of my career, and I know I'm going to be the biggest boxer in the world. That legacy starts today. And you can see uh, he said the deal is done, Las Vegas 2023. Um, and so just text this real quick. And then go to this side, which is a Javante Tink Davis Twitter, which says, done deal. Tell him, get the Brinks truck ready, MF, the one. And as you can see, that's all in them announcing the fight. But before you get too excited, there's one more tweet that I want to share with you. Uh, this tweet comes from Michael Benson. And here's what it says. It says, Ryan Garcia has now confirmed that he will fight in January before the planned Javante Davis clash in April. Javante already set to face Hector Luis Garcia on January 7th. So, as you can see, January 7th, Javante Davis already has a fight in place, and they're saying that this is going to happen in April. A lot of stuff floating around. I'm going to turn – oh, I'll actually, before I turn it over to you, Conspiracy G, let's listen to what Trill Dollar Bill had to say about this because he did uh, leave us a, a video message <laughs> on this for the people. So here's what Trill Dollar Bill had to say uh, about this. Can y'all see this? Mm-hmm. All right. Yo, can't hear nothing, though. Oh, word? All right, hold up. I think it's because you have your headphones on. Oh, true. All right, let me take this out there. Y'all know my slogan, I believe it when I see it. I have a funny feeling that Ryan might pull out this fight. I got love for Tink and Ryan, but I just don't see this fight happening. Did you hear that? Yeah, we heard it. We heard it. Uh, yeah, so that's Trill's take on it. Turn over to you, Conspiracy. I actually low-key agree with Trill on this one, but um, 
you know, it seems like Ryan really wants it, you know. So I, I think, hey, man, listen, I'm not even going to lie. This is probably the most uh, anticipated fight in the, the lightweight division, even more so than the undisputed matches when you really think about it. Like, um, cause like Cambosis came out of nowhere. So it's like, eh, you know, like when you're thinking about like the, the four, what was it? Like the, the, the four Kings, you know, it was like tank Ryan, uh, Devin and Lomachenko, you know? So when Loma kind of lost everything to Tio, you know what I'm saying? And then Tio lost it to Cambosis. It's like it was cool. Like I was, you know, obviously I think Haney's the best one out of the bunch, you know, but nonetheless, you know, it wasn't one of these guys. So to see one of the four like horsemen go at it against each other, I think that's more exciting. So this is it's like undisputed level without any belts, you know, which is unfortunate. But I think it's a good thing. And um, I don't know. And I'm be honest, this is real tough for me to call. And I know, like, you know, we're going to do our predictions when that, that fight comes around. But, man, as much as I talk about Ryan's mentality, in the ring, man, the kid got, he, he got speed, he got reach, you know. So Tank, it might be tough for Tank. The only thing that Tank got over him is experience, you know. And oh, obviously, well, uh, their power is kind of, they got they power in different ways, you know, and so I don't know, man. It's a good matchup. I'm excited for it, you know. So I hope, like, you know, this actually goes through, you know. And the fact that Steven Espinosa actually commented about it kind of reassures me that this is actually legit. TBE. Yeah, I I'm excited for this fight. I've been wanting these guys to fight each other for a long time. You remember we're gonna go back to Bowtie Ryan. After his Luke Campbell win, he started, you know, talking that mess, talking that ish like he was fired up. I hope he keeps the same energy when this fight happens. And uh, Tank Davis, you know, I, I love Tank. Tank Tank's an excited fight. I think both of these guys are excited. But I just think one's more exciting than the other. And, uh, you know. But I'm just – I just, I can't wait. Hopefully nothing makes this fight mean? not happen. Nothing interferes with this it fight happening. what it means, and, G. Yeah, I hope nothing interferes with this fight happening. Oh, yeah, which fighter again makes you more excited? <laughs> hey, uh, you know, you, you roll the clip. That's all I'll say. This, this, this footage back there, roll the clip. You know what I say. <laughs> but, um, I hope nothing interferes with this fight happening. And when it does happen, I'm I, I, I'm gonna have my popcorn ready. Let's go. Yeah, I think what you're touching on, G, is. This may be the fight between the two most popular fighters within the division, although they may not be the most skilled. You know, the more skilled may be Vasily, may be Devin. And that's a fight for, say, the diehard boxing fans who enjoy um, great technique, great technical boxing, high-speed chess, right? And you see, chess is already a game in which you're not playing and if you're not in the strategy and you can't, and you can't appreciate Oh, you know, the the strategy, the thinking and understanding, thinking three moves ahead. If you can't think of those things, if you're not a strategic person, you're not watching uh, someone play chess and you're not playing chess. Right. 
Uh, but there are other games you may play, like you may find checkers. That's why people say if this is chess, it's not checkers. Checkers is a fun game to play. doesn't require as much thinking. Um, you don't have to be as cautious. Uh, and, you know, it, it, and the game ends quickly most of the time. The game will end quicker than a, a game of chess. So some people don't like high-speed chess. Some people like what Ryan and Tank bring. They're both popular. Tank has been doing his thing on pay-per-views. Ryan is big on social media. They both get in the ring. And although they haven't been fighting the best opponents, they haven't been fighting opponents the caliber of a Cambosis, a Teofimo Lopez, they've been doing good work against solid opponents like Luke Campbell, um, like uh, Mario Barrios, like uh, Pitbull Cruz. So They've done solid work against solid competition. We haven't seen them in there with the elites, but I think this fight's going to get the public excited. Probably going to be more watched than, say, a fight between Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko. Absolutely, because that fight is going to be on pay-per-view, and Devin Haney versus Vasily Lomachenko, I don't believe it will be on pay-per-view, although I could be wrong about that. And even if it is on pay-per-view, it's not going to outsell Tank, and it's not going to outsell Ryan, because they've captured the imagination of the public. They're popular. Why? Because you don't have to understand chess to enjoy their fight. To watch Vasily Lomachenko and to watch Devin Haney, you have to understand boxing strategies and techniques. You have to understand certain things that the casual fan isn't going to find joy in. To see Vasily spin someone, I think, man, he pulled that move off. They're not thinking that. They're like, what's so brilliant about that? He ain't knock him out. He ain't knock him out, he ain't knock him out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tank is knocking him out. That's all I know. So um, I do think that it's going to be, you know, um, if it happens, it's going to be a big fight. But I don't want to, you know, just gloss over that. I'm with Trill on this. I'll believe it when I see it. It went from January 7th to April. So we're talking about a fight oh, happening. Is it April now? It's in April. It's been it's been April. Remember? Oh, I, I took it down. Let me pull it back up. I thought, I thought I said January seventh. All right, so let me pull it up again. And that's that was the reason. Yeah, that's my mistake. It. Yeah, that's my mistake. Yeah, it's, it's not your. It's not. It's not your mistake. Ring January seventh, but I have a fight with Ryan Garcia later this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> so hold on. Oh God. Oh, okay. So he was like, in a way, promoting two fights at the same time. Well, my thing is. All right, so I'll pull it up. Oh, real quick. So, Premier Boxing, yeah, it says, uh, Tank announces his return to the ring on January 7th which, with a matchup against King Ride to follow later this year. So, the way it's oh, written... Oh, I misread it. I got but you. Yeah, but the way it's written is, is, is poorly written anyway. But, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Because it's like, he's returning to the ring against King Ride. That's what it says. Mm -hmm. So, it says, his return to the ring on January 7th with a matchup against King Ride. Right? And then that's what most people think and just stop. And then it says to follow later this year. First of all, it's not later this year because this year is 2022. Exactly. So it's later in the year. And so it's whoever's tweeting at Premier Boxing Champions. I don't even Twitter is what it is. So like people. Yeah, but that it. seems like it's intentional. To yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's deception. You feel yeah. me? And that's what I'm saying. Exactly. It's intentionally written to be that way because. People make mistakes on Twitter. I make mistakes on Twitter because I think I pushed the button. I think I put two in and it didn't go through, like, or oh, whatever. Twitter is, is whatever. But this is intentionally, like, um, encrypted and, and whatever. It just seems like they wanted people to, you know what I mean? So it is 
it does get cleared up a little bit by um Michael Benson. That's why that's why I showed the Michael Benson uh post because he he provided uh, better detail than than the tweet from P, uh, Premier Boxing Champion. So he wrote Ryan Garcia has now confirmed that he will have a fight in January before the planned Javante Davis clash in April. Javante Davis already set to face Hector Luis Garcia on January seventh. So yeah, you I, I, people, yeah, how come I don't remember this tweet? Like, yo, did we really go over this? Yeah, we did. <laughs> nah, yo, my bad. Yeah, you yo. zoned out. You was like, yeah, yeah man, I'm pulling Neds out here, man. Nah, it's man. all good. I'm <clears throat> now. Man, you pulling G's, yo. Watch your mouth. <laughs> A G pack. Hey. You know what I'm saying? I mean, nah, listen, but um, April's a long ways away. We're talking about. Four months into the to the new year, we haven't even hit December yet. We haven't even had Christmas yet. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm not going to sit here and get excited for a fight that's so far in the future that either one of these guys can pull out. And we're talking about Tank having a fight before that fight. And we're talking about Ryan having a fight before that fight. So it's, it's not like it's really next, right? I'm glad they were able to hash it out. And I hope things go according to plan so that we can see that fight. But there are too many obstacles in the way for me to be too excited about it. But hopefully things go according to plan and we do get it. But at this particular point in time, I have to say, like, Trill, I believe it when I see it. But I do hope we see it. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is Javante Davis fired shots at Leonard Ellaby and Floyd Money Mayweather. <clears throat> this isn't the first time. Javante Davis has fired shots in the past, and after the announcement of this fight, he's done it again, apparently. So let's take a look. So um, this is in response to uh, Ray Jackson saying, Tank Davis has two fights lined up next year, and the boss, Floyd, hasn't mentioned anything about it. That's what he says. Javante Davis responded, because the love was gone when I knocked Roley out. Crazy thing, I was other my mom's house the other night. She told me how Leonard was telling people how Roly was going to knock me out. And my uncles that started me in boxing overheard him. Go look at the fight and watch my mom. That's what he wrote mm. in response. So he's basically saying that Leonard Ellaby was telling people that Roly was going to knock him out. So Ryan Garcia saw that, and Ryan Garcia made a comment. <laughs> Ryan Garcia wrote, Tank's very emotional, huh? With the emoji face like this. And Tank responded, yeah, I'm the type to get emotional and slap the ish out of you. So um, that was uh, Tank's response. Uh, I'm turning over to you, Conspiracy G. What's your reaction to... Tank Davis taking shots at Leonard Ellaby, Floyd Mayweather, and basically saying those things. All right. So this one was a tough one because uh, I remember back when we were, like, discussing the the Tank versus Roley fight and how, like, Tank's uh, contract with uh, Floyd Mayweather was up and everything, and he was going to leave the money team, this and the third. And then it was like, well, you know, Roley – could, does Roley have the skill to, to actually defeat Tank 
does Floyd want Roley to beat Tank? You know what I mean? So I remember that controversy back then. But I don't really know if Leonard Ellaby uh, was really thinking like Roley was going to beat Tank. Because at the end of the day, Leonard is a promoter. And Roley was fairly unknown to the masses, right? So if I'm promoting Tank's fight, potentially Tank's last fight, right? I'm going to really push the fact that Roley's a bigger guy. He's stronger. He's confident. I don't know. I think Tank's going to take this L. I may not even mean that, but as a promoter, I'm a salesman. I got to sell the fact that Tank may lose this fight so they could sell out. And remember, it looked like a packed house in there. It was a packed house, you know? So, like, I don't know if that was a part of Leonard Ellaby's formula. Or LB is just actually a hater. I like to believe as a promoter, it's always about the money first. So, you know, but then again, Leonard is, he's been showing that he's emotional when it comes to, to Hearn, Eddie Hearn. But when it comes to the tank, <laughs> they still got to make that fight on the, on the call. That's 100. That's 100. <laughs> but with, with Tank, I kind of just feel like, it, you know, Tank's relationship with Floyd is just like big bro, little bro type situation where it's like, yo, he's living under Floyd's shadow. And LB is probably like in the middle trying to just make everything work, you know? And the fact that Roley was also signed to the money team. So it's just like, hey, this is an in-house fight. I got to promote both sides. I got to sell this fight. So he may say certain things that may be interpreted on Tank's side as disrespect when really it's just to promote the fight. And, and this is just from my perspective. I don't even know if my perspective is correct, but I like to uh, play devil's advocate and give, uh, you know, it would be that, that uh, perspective. All right. T-B-E. I hear you, G. But if you got to at least show a little more <laughs> professionalism if you're going to be about the money. Because now, you're, 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 now you have Tank questioning um, Lennox, um, Ellaby's, um loyalty. And it's like, woman, you have me up. Next minute, you in the back of your mind, you think this guy's gonna beat me, and I'm your cash cow. I bring all the bread here, so I feel I understand. I understand Tank's side and his reaction to this because if you hear like your 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 promoter, your guy who's behind your back, it's like, yo, he's gonna beat me. He's telling you you gonna beat him. You gonna knock him out. Then your family's like, yo, he was just over there saying he's gonna knock you out. He's gonna whoop you. Rose's gonna whoop you up. I'm gonna feel I have mixed feelings about you after this. It's like. If AJ heard Eddie Hearns like yo Usi Usi's about to whip AJ in this third fight instead of like you know or instead of being neutral he didn't play a neutral go ahead G I, I think that's a false equivalence I think if you compared let's say AJ to Dillian White and say Eddie Hearn was saying I don't know Dillian might got you know he might have it on this one you see yeah. what I'm saying but but you same thing. But could you could you not say, hey, put yourself in Eddie Hearn's shoes? The the average person I'm is just saying, be, be, be more be more, more neutral. Be more neutral. Like these two are they're two great fighters. They have they have two different skill sets, and it's uh, it's up in the air. Like but I, I wouldn't be. I'm not gonna be in one breath. Yo, Javante, you gonna whip him out? You gonna knock him out easy? And then the next breath, really gonna knock him out. Really got the potential to knock him out. Or I'm gonna be putting. I'm making Javante seem like. He's not. He, he's like the lesser opponent. So for me, it's just like if you these guys. I know he promotes both of these guys. I'm just saying, don't 
sit here and move move around speaking very messy where you could be more professional keep be neutral you could there's a you have the option to be neutral in this uh, this moment but he didn't choose to and I don't know I, uh, Javante, this is word of mouth Javante heard it from her heard it from his cousins his uncles and aunties but Leonard we don't have you know we don't have the full story but I feel Leonard if you're gonna be speaking about your fighters that you promote and they're fighting each other be neutral. You gotta be on the fence about these guys. If you're gonna promote a fight, you gotta say this is gonna be a great fight. We have two electric. We got two uh, uppercut fighters. We have established fighter, and they're gonna go. They're gonna put it out on the line. And, like, you're gonna be like, yo, Tank, you gonna knock him out, and then the next breath, really gonna knock this man out. Nah, it's, it doesn't. It just it just rubs me the but, wrong way. It's like, but but again, you're talking about Roly, who's fairly unknown to the public, to the masses. You so get what I'm saying? Building up in different light. But you know, how, you don't how put you up a guy. I, I'm just listen, listen. I remember there was one fight with Roly. I think we talked about it here on this show. Well, I was like, nah, Roly ain't it. You know what I'm saying? Like, my man has like two left feet in the ring. It like Roly, the only thing is like Roly's bigger than Tank. You know what I'm saying? And it showed in that that match. Like Roly just doesn't have the experience, right? So maybe Leonard Ellaby understood that, and it was a mind game. It was all marketing. Like, yo, Roley's going to take out Tank. So people go, what? Yo, hold on. I got to watch this pay-per-view because I'm like, yo, Tank Tank about to get dropped by this unknown Cuban black kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe may, I, that's, what I'm, cause that's what I'm like. If Eddie did the same thing with Dillian White and AJ, if Eddie Hearn was like, I don't know. Dillian might get AJ this go round. Is it really like, yo, he's 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 crapping on AJ, or is he just trying to sell this fight to sell some tickets? But it, it's also you gotta look at it like it's Tank's like like Tank has to re um his contract after this fight because it was like technically his last fight under the money team. And for you to hear your promoters like bashing you or like talking trash about you, like when your foot's about to be out the door. You want if, if if that's your cash cow, you want to do everything to keep your cash out. I'm not I'm not gonna be caught saying, yo, tanks about to get washed or tanks tanks garbage. Tanks tank can't keep up rolling. Like you can't you you want to be put in that position where you, now you're fighting like yo that got back to me. Like what you mean by that? Like now he's questioning you as a promoter. It's just more like you don't want it, you don't want it. Like you can't be as a promoter. The the, the money comes first because you're promoting fighters. Fighters can choose to jump ship at any moment, but. Your loyalty, like when now Tank's question is loyalty, like Javante shooting shots at Tank and um um LRB and Floyd, it just it's it just it just shows you like he doesn't really like rock with he doesn't trust his um um the people who are managing his career right now. Look, man, I don't I I think that this is like a reach and a stretch, and uh, I'll say this. I'm with G. How do you sell a mismatch to the masses? You have to make them believe that the person who's the underdog has a chance of winning the fight. You can stay neutral when a fight is is a good fight, when a fight is relatively 50-50. But when a fight is basically you're talking like 7-1 underdog, how do you get people to believe I'll give you an example. Right now, we're talking about Tyson Fury fighting Derek Ward Chisora. You think Tyson Fury's going to be putting down Chisora? We've seen Tyson Fury put down Deontay Wilder. 
We've seen Tyson Fury put down his opponents. He put down AJ every chance he get. What is he doing when he's on True's show and True's saying how Tazora has lost all his big fights, whatever? He builds Tazora up. He's bigging up Tazora. You got Tyson Fury bigging up his own opponent. Why? He understands he needs to sell that fight to the masses. He needs to make the people believe that Derek Ward Tazora actually has a chance. So when you hear Laren LB saying, oh, I got Roley. Roley's a live dog. Does he really believe that? Or is he trying to make the people believe that Roley stands a better chance than he actually does? Right? And if you you can't take that so personally, you, you're getting paid the bigger check. Roley's a fighter on, on Mayweather promotion, so he got to say good things about Roley too. And everything I saw, and, and, and I watched all the media um promotion for that fight, I never heard LB say he thought Roley was going to beat Tank. I heard him say he thought Roley was alive on the dog. He thought that Roley had size and Roley was going to do better than people thought. I never heard him pick against Tank. Which brings me to another point. You got to check your sources, dog. You're saying you heard this from your uncle who got you started in boxing and you heard this from your moms. How you know they reliable sources? That's a fact. Like, how you know that they got your best interest in mind? All I know is Leonard Ellaby has you as the lightweight who's making all this money. You're making more money than the other lightweights. You fighting on pay-per-view. You got celebrities coming out to your fight. Ellaby and Floyd have done a great job with Tank Davis' career. So why are you sitting there listening to what people say? I would say that the evidence has shown that they value Tank, that they want to put Tank Davis in positions to succeed. So his family saying that they that they picked Roley. Bro, if they were trying to ruin your career, they would have thrown you in there with someone else and not Roley. That's just a fact. Like, Roley is a dangerous fight because Roley has power. But as you found out when you knocked Roley out, Roley has a lot of flaws with that power that you were able to take advantage of. Now, if it was that way, why'd you resign with Mayweather Promotions? Because in the lead up to that, I remember Tank saying he was gone at one point and that it was going to be his last fight on Mayweather Promotions. Now this dude's sitting around talking about they were rooting for Roley. So why'd you resign then? You know, and that's, that's something else to think about. Um, and yeah, and there's also one other thing I want to point out. Sometimes, like, you can get caught in like the buildup, and sometimes, like, the buildup makes you makes you say certain things. There's three times on this show I picked a fighter, knowing that I was most likely going to be wrong. And this is what makes me laugh because when people try to use it against me, like I got predictions wrong, they take the predictions of the three fights I called out that I know that I'm taking the seven to one underdog, the four to one underdog. When I picked Danny Garcia to beat Earl Spence Jr., the first thing I said was, I know it probably won't happen. But I root for Danny Garcia. He's one of my favorite fighters. So I'm picking him because I'm going to be rooting for him. When Sean Porter fought, um, Terrence Crawford, I said, I understand he's a 7-1 underdog. I understand that the world's going to pick TC, but I think he has a better chance than people are giving him, and I'm rooting for Sean Porter, so I'm picking Sean Porter. I don't hedge like that. If I'm rooting for a fighter, I pick the fighter. I already explained that. That's my logic. When Roley fought Tank, I picked Roley 
Go back and check the tape. I said I know the odds are he is going to lose. But I think he's funny and he brought me excitement. So I'm rooting for Rose. Because I and I and and T knows we watching the fight. I'm talking trash in the chat, like my man Roley done did this. And then when Roley got knocked out, I'm like, ah, finally he caught him. Yo, I love boxing, bro. Like I have fun with this sport, man. Like I I like people. I, I can know, but like I like rooting. I, I like rooting for the underdog sometimes. I like predicting the underdog. I like trying to see the underdog take on big challenges. Sometimes the underdog wins. Like genuinely wins. Like when I picked AJ, I thought he was gonna beat Usyk, like actually beat Usyk, and he did it. And then in the rematch when AJ was the underdog, and I said, I still think AJ can do it, and he did it, but that's the beauty of boxing to me. So Tank, man, you need to get you need you need to get it together, man. It's it's not that serious, man. It's not that personal, man. Just have fun with the sport that you're in. Um, and lastly, the person who started this, uh, I see like his tweets a lot on um, Twitter. He's a, he's a diehard boxing fan, but he said Floyd Mayweather hasn't retweeted or said anything about Tank's fights. Tank wanted Floyd to back off of his career. Remember, <laughs> he wanted Floyd to leave him alone. So you can't have it both ways. You want it, you want it to be your own guy. You want it your own spotlight. You said Floyd was still in your spotlight. So now you want it both ways, right? You you don't want Floyd to steal your spotlight, but then you want him to use and, and you can't do it like that. You can't have it both ways. Either you want Floyd to use his likeness to help promote you, or you don't. It's that simple. Floyd was Always in your press conferences, Floyd was in, and and so you didn't like that, but you benefited from it in the beginning because that's the reason why the celebrities and everyone come out to see you because Floyd gave you that stamp of approval, he gave you that seal of approval, but you didn't you didn't like that. So now Floyd is off doing his own thing, making his money, beating up on dudes who don't belong in the ring with him, and now people are saying, oh, he hasn't tweeted about uh, Tank's fights. Also. Tank is fighting in January, in January, on January 7th, right? It is November 20th. So we're talking his fight's months away. So how you know Floyd's not going to tweet about the fight around the time the fight's going to happen? Then his next fight with Ryan Garcia is in April. So what is Floyd going to tweet about it right now? It's not even in, in, in a situation where you can say it, it should be promoted. It's just It just happened. So it's just like, I don't know why Tank getting in his feelings about this. If it was a few weeks, remember Dillian White didn't didn't tweet to promote his own fight against Tyson Fury because he was mad about something. And they were like, yo, what's in your contract to promote this? Dillian didn't tweet until like the week of the fight. Yeah. Like, come on, man. It's like people start. This is this is the problem with you, Davis. I, I like Tank, but but Tank, you can't. This is why I say I believe it when I see it. Tank got too many voices in his ear and he listened to all of them. Oh, why ain't Floyd tweet about your fight? Dog, it's November 20th. It ain't even Thanksgiving, cuz. You fighting next year. You fighting after New Year's. Yo, there are, three, there are two holidays in between that. There's Thanksgiving and our whatever holiday. I'm just saying it's Christmas. Then there's New Year. Actually, three years. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year, then your fight. We haven't even hit Thanksgiving yet. And you mad he ain't tweet about your fight. Fam, think logically, dog. Maybe around Christmas he tweet about your fight. 
But why why does his tweet matter so much to you? You sick anytime he he's trying to steal your shine. You don't say nothing when you steal his shine though, or when you live off his shine. You don't say nothing when him mentioning your name actually benefits you. It's only when you wanna or you feel like that's insecurities within you. Cause when he's around, like 50 said, they know they can't shine if I'm around the rhyme. See, when he's around, you feel a certain way. That's on you. But anyways, get that man time to post your fights, dog. Your, four, your, your fights aren't urgent right now. Your fights are three holidays away. Stop playing. Happy New Year, and then we'll talk about your fight on uh, January 7th, dude. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is what are the chances Jermaine Franklin upsets Dillian White? That fight is November 26th. And the American, James Franklin, is out in the U.K. looking to pull off the biggest victory of his career. And he is fighting Dillian the Body Snatcher White. I'm going to turn it over to you, Conspiracy. What are the chances that uh, – actually, who you got and what are the chances that uh, Jermaine Franklin upsets Dillian White if you got Dillian? All right, well, I should have changed my name to uh, Chef Boy RG today. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> – this, this, I'm be honest, yo. Listen, even in Dillian White's battered state, you know what I mean. His jaw could be on the floor; he's still gonna knock out Franklin. Like this is a fact. I'm telling you right now, we eating soul food. You know, it, it express delivery to the UK. Dillian White's gonna violate this dude. Franklin is, for one, he's too flat footed. Like when he fights. He takes a lot of headshots. Like, he just keeps getting punched in the face. I'm like, his defense is horrible. He always stays in a straight line, and his endurance isn't the best, you know? So I, I just don't see how Jermaine can actually beat Dillian White. To me, so the chances, like, he has, like, uh, I'll say a 20% chance. You know what I'm saying? I would have said 10, but I kind of feel like with Dillian's chin, who knows? You know what I mean? So I'll give him a 20% chance, but let's just keep it 100. The UK, my UK brethren, enjoy soul food, you know, because that's what y'all going to be eating on that day. All right, TBE. I'm not going to lie. I don't know who Jermaine Franklin is, but he's undefeated. He looks like he looks like a he looks like a young young man. He looks like me at eighteen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's what he what's he what's he's about. I never seen any of his fights, but he looks he looks he's six two. He's undersized. He's a heavyweight. I feel this is just a giveaway for Dillian White, and I don't know. The chances are slim. It's like one percent for me. I don't know about twenty, but one I give him a good. The point oh oh one on that ninety nine 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 point nine 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 that I'm giving Dylan. Is he even ranked in like the the the, the top twenty? Uh, I don't know, man. I haven't really you know looked what I'm it up. Like, but yeah, I'll look I, it up. Nah, he's two and a half stars, so nah. <laughs> he's two and a half stars. He's number. It says on Brunswick. He's number fifty four. Number 54 out of 1,300. Ah, the picture they use of him on Box does kind of look like a young Ned. Hold on. I'm about to pull uh, We got a young TBE and, and James Franklin. Hold on. <laughs> Jermaine Franklin, I mean. 
So he's from Saginaw, Michigan. I hear they don't play in the SAG, but we'll see. Oh, he's the 989 assassin. That's his nickname. Hold on, hold on. In the U.S., he's ranked number 13, though. That's how you know, man. The heavyweight division is doomed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's ranked number 13 in the U.S., 54 in the world. Yeah, that's that's saying a lot about the U.S. right now. Oh, let's go to the U.S. heavyweights, man. Let's, let's, oh, my I got to see what the U.S. heavyweight scene is looking like. Wilder's still on top. Andy Ruiz, Michael Hunter, Charles Martin at number four. That says everything you need to know. <laughs> Jerry Forrest. Jerry Forrest got a fight coming up, right? Um, yeah, he he got a. Uh, he's, it's gonna be a good fight too, I think. Yeah, he's below Jerry Washington. I thought Trevor Bryan retired. Trevor Bryan's still on the list. This must nah. This ain't updated, bro. You know what I'm saying. Yo, listen. He's Trevor Bryan retired. Yo, oh, man. Trevor Bryan just got. Yeah, U.S. USA man. Oh, USA boxing heavyweight man. Anyways. Um, I'm gonna say this, man. Gee, I want to add something to that menu. It hurts yeah. me to add this to the menu, man. We add an American chop suey to the <laughs> chop suey. American chop suey. Oh yeah, this is school lunch <laughs> chop suey at that low grade. You know, what I mean? say good chop suey. This is bad. Yeah. This is you know what I mean. You said the nine eight nine assassin. All right, man. We we gonna find out because. I, I do think it's going to be maximum violence in that ring. And I think nice. Dillian White's going to be uh, victorious. What are the chances? Jermaine Franklin, I mean, if he's been doing his homework, he knows that Dillian White doesn't do well with uppercuts, and he's probably going to try to land it. But the thing about it with Dillian White is you have to be able to keep Dillian White off of you. Mm-hmm. And Tyson Fury was able to use his length, his reach. Um, and, and Tyson Fury is just a different animal. Uh, this guy, uh, Jermaine Franklin, for what I've seen from him, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest, man. The only American heavyweight that I've really seen coming up where I think he may be able to do something is uh, uh, Jarrett Big Baby Anderson. So all these other heavyweights, I'm not really impressed with them. And then we got Wilder, and we got Wilder with the straight right hand, but Wilder's been champion, so I, I don't view Wilder as, say, an up-and-comer. Oh, so, no, we, still, we, got, we also got Andy Ruiz. You know what I'm saying? Any, but they're not up and comers though. Those are those are. Oh, champions. you're talking about only up and comers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those are American heavyweights. Those are those are former champions. I pointed out to people in in the past when they when they make fun of American heavyweights, we don't have many. But keep in mind, the American heavyweights we do have beat Anthony Joshua and dropped Tyson Fury four times. Mm-hmm. So you can't. Although America, we don't have that many heavyweights. The heavyweights we do have still. Gabe, your best heavyweight some problems. So don't so don't don't run around trying to cap. But I'm not gonna cap and act like I think Jermaine Franklin's gonna gonna uh beat Dillian White because I don't. I think Dillian White's gonna spark him out like he's supposed to. But you never know. I don't wanna he write Jermaine. That. What'd you say? I'm saying he got that point oh 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 one. I don't wanna write him off like you're writing him off, and here's why this is the heavyweight division. In the heavyweight division, there's always a puncher's chance. Um, and so this isn't like the lighter divisions where skills and everything. This is the heavyweight division where uh, Pervekin caught Dillian, took him out. You know, um, Oscar Rivas was losing, dropped Dillian. Uh, you know, uh, Joseph Parker dropped Dillian in, towards the end of the fight, and Dillian got saved by the bell. So it's not like Dillian's chin 
can't get tested. Uh, I don't know if Jermaine Franklin has the ability to find the chin, and that's my biggest question. If, if we're talking about Jermaine Franklin, who had a mean offensive arsenal, then I may be sitting here saying, like, yo, he got a good chance. But from what I've seen from Jermaine Franklin, I haven't really been impressed. Like, I don't think he has the speed. Um, I don't think he has the arsenal. I don't know how good his uppercut is. There's a lot of questions. But Dillian White, despite all the questions about his chin, has a mean left hook to the body, to the head. And Dillian White's offensive arsenal is crazy. J uh, Jermaine Franklin's in the U.K., the biggest fight of his life. I just don't think he can pull it off. But I give him a 10% chance. Yeah, you know what? Jermaine Franklin, you know who he should fight? Greg Hardy. That's the level he on. You know what <laughs> Let those big boys <laughs> fight each other. You know what I mean? But maybe maybe I, that's I next. He's free food over there in the UK. Maybe man. that's next on the X series. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is what would a loss to Jermaine Franklin mean for White's career? We've already stated we don't think that Jermaine Franklin can beat Dillian White, but this is boxing, and stranger things have happened. Now let's say. For example, that uh, Jermaine Franklin does, in fact, beat Dillian the body snatcher white. What would that mean for his career, for Spirit G? <laughs> what would that be for White's career? I don't know. Because to be honest with you, to me, he'd be done done. But I don't know. These UK fans, man, they go hard, man. I don't know. I think they'll breathe life into Dillian White again one last time. I think they'll find a way like, oh, it's not Dillian's fault. Who would have knew uh, Jermaine Franklin, you know, could pull something like that off? You know, they'll come up with some type of excuse for Dillian. So I, I guess that means nothing for UK fans. But for me, God bless. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm going to say for my man Dillian White. Blessings, bro. Like, hopefully you don't really – I don't see you losing to this guy, for one. I'm being honest. But if that happens, I, I can't even imagine Eddie staying by your side. And I would be like, you know what? Rightfully so. Because I would have been like, you're going to have to hang it up, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, enough is enough. If you, if the caliber of fighters, you're going from A-listers smashing you to now, like, C-level opposition just running through you like that, I, I think you're, you're long past uh, a career in boxing. I think now maybe you might want to get into being, like, a boxing analyst or, you know, becoming a promoter. Something where you know you're still involved in boxing, but you you just not getting your, your chin checked, you know. So I just don't see this uh happening at all. So if he would lose here in the states, I don't really think we really big up Dillian White like that anyway. So I don't think it would necessarily matter for U.S. boxing fans, but I think for UK fans, the way they move, man, I, I think they're gonna still forgive them and they're gonna still pack out the O2 for him. <laughs> I don't know. I think at this point he might just become a UK mascot. Maybe that's what it is. It's just they just love to see this guy lose, you know. So if you love to see a man lose, it's like, hey, you're gonna always support him. So I think his career is still gonna be solid. He's just gonna be the the guy that gets beat up by everybody, you know. Like, think about it. If Chisora could lose to pretty much everybody now, <laughs> you know, and this dude been gatekeeping for a minute and he still get love in the UK. Who am I to be like, yo, Dillian White, after this fight, man, your, your career is done. Like, I don't think so. You know what I mean? If Chisora 
still could pack out houses and sell out arenas and all that good stuff, maybe Dillian could do the very same thing. TBE. What what a loss to Jermaine Flickman mean for Dillian? I'll say this. Dillian, if you lose, at the cookout, you got to go keep your eyes on the gate, man, because you a gatekeeper now at this point because, you know, you can't. Now? You can't. At this point, if he loses him, I still feel Dillian has a lot in the tank. He still shows he can compete with some of the elite guys in the division. But if you lose to this guy who comes comes I don't know from 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 the nine eight eight nine eight nine what is it nine eight nine nine eight nine that's what I believe nine eight yeah, nine yeah he comes from nine eight nine you let him beat you man Dillian you, know, you might as well hang it up or you might as well be a gatekeeper after this point because I don't know it's just like. You you we we we've been behind you, but it's, it's, it's like like we said, we, like Trey used to say, poor Dillian is gonna be damn Dillian is gonna be dang Dillian is gonna be OMG Dillian. Like like come on, like if you get embarrassed by this man, Dillian, you know what you gotta do, Jermaine. I wish you luck. I wish you well, but you Dillian, come on now. You, this is this is free food. It's free lunch. Enjoy, man. Enjoy, bro. <laughs> but what does that mean? No, you didn't answer the question. Yeah, if he loses, what does it mean for his career? Yeah. That's the question. He's a gatekeeper. I said you might as well go keep his eye on the gate because he's a gatekeeper. Oh, I'm to me, I'm he already is a gatekeeper in my eyes, but whatever. All right. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm with Ned. I don't think he's a gatekeeper. I think at this particular point in time, he's lost to the upper echelon. I think he's lost to Anthony Joshua. He lost to Tyson Fury. You're talking about two guys who reign in champion for years. And he lost to Alexander Povetkin, who's championship caliber. And Povetkin landed a great punch on him when he was winning, and he was he was basically about to knock Povetkin out. Povetkin was like what forty one or forty in that fight. I agree, but people always bring up the age, and here's my thing. Um, yeah, let's. Let, I mean, if remember Povetkin in his prime, he was like the Russian Mike Tyson. Yeah, Povetkin looked like. Podcast Mike Tyson, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, all, all that may be true, but you know, as fighters age, their IQ goes up. And who knows if the, the guy who was known as the Russian Mike Tyson would have been able to land that punch or set Dillian White up for that punch back when he was 22. Like, there's a like to me, heavyweights, um, they peak in their later years. Um, most heavyweights, you know, with the exception of Mike Tyson, peaked early on in his career. Uh, and, and, and that's due to a lot of things, mainly because the guy who who he respected the most in his boxing career, Customato, was alive and died. And as, as years went by, Mike Mike's focus went further away from boxing. Uh, but heavyweights tend to mature and, and peak in their later age. And the reason is that's where your physical prime starts to meet your IQ. So, like, say we're... Vladimir Klitschko began his reign, and you know he did lose at 42. But say like when he was like 38 and he was still fighting very well, it was where physically his physical was matched in a line with his mental, like his IQ. Um, you know, uh, I think sometimes people like overlook that. So yeah, he was 40, but I think his IQ was a lot higher, and, and he was able to catch Dillian White that old school. And, and take Dillian White out. And, and Dillian White came back and won a rematch. But 
Still, Dillian White's only lost to the elite fighters. We're not going to sit around and act like Jermaine Franklin is Alexander Provecki because I don't believe that he is. But we'll, maybe we'll see. Um, when all is said and done, though, most of the heavyweights at the top are older. That's just the way it is. When, when you go in other divisions and you look at the top fighters in other divisions, they tend to be younger than the top fighters at the heavyweight division. Look at the top fighters in the heavyweight division. We got Tyson Fury. How old is he? Like 34, 35. We got Deontay Wilder. How old is he? 37. Got Anthony Joshua. How old is he? 33. Um, you know, Dillian White. What is he? Like 33, 34. Um, Andy Ruiz, he's, he's in that same age range. When you get to the heavyweight division, the fighters at the top tend to be older. And that's because, again, that's where IQ and, and your physical prime meet. Like, these young guys in the heavyweight division, they may have, like, talent and, and whatever, but, like, in the heavyweight division, like, all that has to come together. So the heavyweight division is different. It's unlike all the other divisions. Even Usyk. Usyk's, like, 34 years old. Usyk's older than Anthony Joshua. So... Um, again, like I'm saying, you, age in the heavyweight division isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, so I think that's where people get it wrong. But Dillian White, to me, uh, he's knocked off a lot of good names. You you look at, like, uh, Joseph Parker. He beat Joseph Parker. Uh, Joe Joyce just beat Joseph Parker, another older guy who's, who's doing well in the heavyweight division. Joe Joyce beat Joseph Parker. And Joseph Parker was the younger guy, like one of the youngest guys in the heavyweight division. So, so Joe Joyce beats Joseph Parker. And Dillian White already did that. Dillian White has got some great victories under his belt. He beat he beat uh, Chisora, and Chisora is about to fight uh, for the third time Tyson Fury again. Um, but Chisora is giving pe uh, people a lot of problems. Dillian White got good victories, but if he loses to Jermaine Franklin, this will be the L that people look at and say, All right, "We can't excuse that. We can excuse the Provecan fight because you got caught. That can happen to anyone." We can excuse the AJ fight because he went on to be champion and unify and do great things. We can excuse the Fury L because we've seen Fury knock out Deontay Wilder. We've seen Fury beat Vladimir Klitschko. But you lose to Jermaine Franklin after being knocked out by Provecan, after having all those issues. Now we start to look at you and say, yo, bro, you are regressing. You are fading and you're not the same fighter. Like It's time for you to start thinking about hanging him up. You're right, G. I don't think his career is going to suffer. And in the UK, it seems like, you know, Tesora, if Tesora got the if Tesora got the UK mascot treatment, Dillian can get the UK mascot treatment. So I think, you know, that would just make him the local, you know, like the, the local artist who tour, uh, you know, who tour their town and whatever that, that's what he would be. But he his days of uh, competing at world level and, and competing for world titles will be done. Um, there's always that fight out there with Deontay Wilder, but that fight would even uh, lose its interest if he lose to Jermaine Franklin. Because if Jermaine Franklin beats him, people are going to see it like Wilder will murder him. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, in fact, if, if Jermaine Franklin beats him, people are probably going to want to see Wilder fight Jermaine Franklin. So, uh, in that sense, if he loses to Jermaine Franklin, I think it marks the end of Dillian White's campaign at world level. Because uh, it would say, this is the level you're on now. You're on a Jermaine Franklin, Greg Hardy type of uh, level. But if he sparks out Jermaine Franklin, then he's still in the discussion. So that's my take on it. Thank he's hanging on to dear life for the top 10 spot. You know what I'm saying? All he got to do is window, and then he's not hanging on to dear life, life. Right, now. right now. he's hanging on to dear life. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros are comments made by Derek Ward Chisora. 
These comments were actually made a few weeks ago, but somehow we completely missed them. So we got to talk about it now. Where Derek Chisora basically says that Tyson Fury wants to have intercourse with Anthony Joshua. <laughs> All right, let's take a listen. Hey, parental advisory warning right out of the gate, people. Derek, uh, in the head-to-head, -head, uh, Tyson was offering his uh, management skills and offered off you, yeah, that in the head-to-head. -head. What was you saying to him when he was saying he wanted to manage it? Uh, you know, I think Tyson, mentally, physically, he wants to have sex with AJ. <laughs> AJ has been living in his Tyson's head for the last 10 years for rent-free. Every day, what's the bodybuilder doing? Oh, he didn't want to fight. Oh, why, why? He fucking, he's got, he's got things for AJ. He fancies AJ. And I don't, I don't blame him. AJ's a good looking boy. I think Tyson likes boys. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying, if you, if you keep talking about a man every day, you must have signed for him. <laughs> you know, because we, we sat down. The first thing he said, AJ came out of mouth. But even, even when he makes love to Paris, you know that AJ guy? <laughs> Do you understand? So that's it. he's got AJ on his mind. Even when he's gay, that's what I've got to say to you. Every minute, AJ bodybuilder, AJ bodybuilder. His wife over here is Tyson. Shut up and just carry on, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> You guys hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Uh, so that's what Derek Wachizora had to say about Tyson Fury wanting to uh, get it on with Anthony Joshua. Uh, I'm going to you first, TVE. What's your reaction to that? Man, my reaction that that's Chizora's a funny man, yo, yo. Like the day you retire, boxing loses a legend, yo. You're not, you're not the <laughs> you are a legend. You really are a legend. You you contribute so much to boxing, to heavyweight division, everything, man. You are a character. And hey, man, I'm not gonna lie. I agree. I agree. AJ lives rent free up there, man. Oh, I, feel oh, like I thought you was agreeing that you won up with AJ. That's yeah, it. I agree. He lives rent free up there. I feel Tyson Chris the guy that's like, yeah, man. Why has he got the better body? He doesn't got the skills. He doesn't got this. You know, he got to up him. He feels like he always got to up AJ. And you know, AJ, you got to use that to your advantage. Not to, not to. That's neither here nor there, but. I feel Tyson Fair brings AJ up in the randomest points. Like, what's he got to do about eating steak? You know, <laughs> the steaks, the steaks, the muscles in the steaks remind me of AJ or something when he's cutting through his steaks or something. It's just weird. Like, I don't know. I feel, I feel with, with the, the the fight that. What else reminds you of AJ uh, on TV? <laughs> Let me go back in my memory. Like, so, <laughs> Yo. Uh, you know, uh, you know, a lot of things, man. Like when you look at look at the fight that was when he caught out AJ after he lost to Usyk. That's kind of like no, what what fighter like have some like integrity or have some type of like have some type of moral direction or compass when it comes moral to like direction. <laughs> yeah, when you calling out somebody 
especially after a loss like that, especially after you seen what he just went through, and you want to just be like, AJ, I want you, bro. I will need you next. I'm calling you out. AJ, you got two minutes to accept this fight or it's not going to happen. A big bodybuilder. It's just like, yeah, he's a he's a bodybuilder. He's a he's a robot, you know, stuff like that. Well, that was Andy Ruiz going to robot, but you know, things like that. You know, he he been coming out AJ for the longest, and we don't know where this stems from. But Chizora hit the nail on the head. AJ lives rent free in Fury's head. Even if AJ loses tomorrow, Fury has something to say. Even if AJ gets knocked out. His next five fight, Fury's gonna have to say something to say for every one of those five fights, because you know why? Fury is obsessed with AJ. <laughs> All right, conspiracy. Yo, if y'all honestly believe that, y'all are out your mind, man. Listen, I do agree that Fury is kind of, you know, a little suspect when it comes to, <laughs> you know. His buildup between AJ and even with Chisora. Like, I think all three of these guys are just, they funny, you know? Like, not necessarily AJ, but definitely Fury and Chisora. They, they, they joke, you know, they're like those, um, you know, like them, like, 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 like the, the frat boys or whatever. Like, the way they joke is just, they, they go too far too often. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's just, I think that's just who Chisora is. He's just a funny guy. Like, but he says something that had me like, I was like, oh, when he was like, um, you know, AJ's always coming out of his mouth. I was like, yo, pause. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But, I mean, it's funny, but I I don't think the way Chisora is pitching it kind of seems like Fury's always mentioning AJ out of fear, living rent free. I'm like, no, Fury knows where the big money is, and that's an AJ fight. He knows he has the greatest chance beating AJ now. Give AJ a small window to train. AJ just came off of a loss, you know, and if he could pull that off, like, that's easy money for Fury, right? So I, we all understand why Fury was so adamant about forcing AJ to sign that contract so fast, right? Let's just be realistic. It has nothing to do with he was afraid of AJ, you know? Like, I even think AJ can have a full training camp. This is my opinion. I still think Fury would beat him, you know? So it, it just... Fury's just, yo, he's a clown, man. I'm be honest. Like, Fury just wants what he wants, and he wants it right now. He's like a grown kid, you know? And so Chisora is looking at it like, damn, man, you must be romantically in love with AJ. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, yo, you're sexualizing AJ. It's like, no, let's be real. He calls him a bodybuilder because we've seen in several fights with AJ, his size slows him down, right? After a couple of rounds, he needs to take a round or two off because of his size. That's obvious observation, right? And when Fury's calling him a bodybuilder, obviously he's just joking. You know what I mean? Like, let's just be real. Like, if you was going to talk trash about AJ, like, that's the number one thing you will probably say as a boxer to another boxer. Like, yo, that's why you look like a bodybuilder. Like, you know what I mean? Probably a roid case. You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that. Go ahead, Katie. Yeah, I was about to touch upon that. What do we know about bodybuilders? The one thing we know about all bodybuilders for real, that they juiced up. So, like, when he calls AJ the bodybuilder, I feel like that's his way of implying that AJ is a He on that poor meat. Yeah. He on that better yeah. poor meat than like, me. It's, and you got to put it, like, in proper perspective. Yeah, you know what I mean? So that's why I'm like, 
I don't see like I see what Chisora is trying to say, but I think that's just Chisora's character trying to be funny. You know, I don't think Chisora really means what he's saying. He's just being a clown. And so I view it as a clown trying to make another clown. As always, I think it's top notch, man. I like what the American heavyweights, like I was explaining, they have the bravado. Uh, they do like a lot of trash talking. And like you said, the UK heavyweights, their trash talk's kind of like frat boy yeah. trash talk. Whereas like American heavyweight trash talk's kind of like, you know, more like gangster, more serious, more like disrespectful uh, type of trash talk. But I like it. Um, I think what, what Derek Chisora is saying is why you're fighting me now. Worry about me. Talk to me about me. Don't talk to me about another man. So what happens if someone wants to talk to you about another man? And y'all, you know, it's just kind of like, are you obsessed? Like, you, it says, uh, you know, Chisora. It says Afiri Chisora. AJ's not, a, not around. Why are you talking to me about AJ? So, like, he's, he's, he's obsessed with him. So I get that from that standpoint. I think that that's funny. Because it's like, bro, why you keep talking to me about AJ when we supposed to fight? So I get it from that standpoint. Now... From Fury's perspective, what he was trying to do by rushing AJ to the fight, I think was him understanding that Angie and Joshua is a cash cow. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. we know that, and he wants to. He's in. A, he's in the fight game. He wants to make the most money. So uh, for him, it was about killing two birds with one stone. It was about getting the biggest fight he could get and making a lot of money before fighting Usyk, but also getting Anthony Joshua when he was in a compromised position because. I think he does know that Anthony Joshua is a good fighter. And if Anthony Joshua does have a full camp and does get his confidence back, it's going to be a much tougher fight than it would have been had he forced him in December, you know, whenever they were going to fight in December. So I think he was aware of that. So he wanted to dictate the terms and have every advantage. I don't think that Tyson Fury believes that Dirk Chisora is as good a fighter as Anthony Joshua. If you had to put him on a polygraph, I think, I think you know you find out he, he he. I think Fury believes he beat Anthony Joshua, but I think he knows Anthony Joshua is dangerous. So I think he wanted an advantage over Joshua, and that's what that was about. So there's nothing wrong with that. I also don't think there's anything wrong with Joshua's team, like telling Anthony Joshua, like, bro, this is too risky. Mm-hmm. You lose three fights in a row. Your career is on life support. No one's going to care that you lost to arguably two of the three best heavyweights of our era. All they're going to say is you lost three fights in a row. So I don't blame AJ's team. So I think this is all perfectly crafted for each guy to make their case and make themselves look the best. But in the end, it's just boxing politics. I think Chisora's sick of Tyson Fury talking to him about another man keep mentioning another man. I think that uh, when Tyson Fury says, like, brings up the, the big bodybuilder and talks about AJ, I think in in, in a way, he is trying to disrespect uh, Chisora by saying, like, I'm worried about your boss. <laughs> like, like, you got a boss. I'm worried about your boss, not you. Um, and I also think he's taking his shots at AJ. Um, so, I don't yeah, even- you know what Chisora is? He the rebound shorty, you know what I'm saying? 
you know, a Fury couldn't get AJ. He's like, right, I gotta get you know some random shorty out the club. You know? I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get Kizora to make AJ jealous. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but they've been making them kind of jokes, like you said. They make like the frat boy jokes, and you know, I enjoy that. I think that's funny too. I also understand how the how the American heavyweights get down, but in in this in this case, like, no, nah, I, I respect it. I think it's funny. I think they're just they're doing their thing, but. Um, you know, Chisora spinning it and making it seem like he's obsessed with AJ. I think that's funny. I think that's that's fair play to him. I think Fury talking his trash about AJ, calling him the big bodybuilder, and I think that's fair too. Um, but I'll close by saying this: when when um AJ fought Usyk in a rematch, I genuinely believe that Tyson Fury was rooting for him. I think Tyson Fury wanted AJ to win. I think Tyson Fury wanted to fight AJ for Undisputed. One, because I think Tyson Fury thinks he's an easier fight. And two, Tyson Fury knows that he's a big money fight. He's already said it himself. So I think Tyson Fury was rooting for AJ. Uh, the fact that AJ took the L, you know, and he was still willing to fight him, I think kind of shows that he 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 wanted to fight AJ the entire time. So, um you know, I don't, I don't think that he's afraid of AJ at all. I think it's just gamesmanship, and I think it's funny. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros. Is Anthony Yard a serious threat to Arthur Better Bev? Anthony Yard fought last night, and he got a stoppage and said he's ready for Arthur Better Bev. We watched the fight. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't know his opponent, and I can't remember the name of his opponent at this particular point in time, but I will look that up. Spirit G, what was your reaction to the fight? And uh, do you think Anthony Yard is a serious threat to beat Arthur Better BF? All right. So my reaction to Anthony Yard's fight last night was uh, the dude that he was fighting against really didn't want to fight. You know, like that, yo, when he got, when he uh, went down, my man did not want to get up knowing he could have got up. And I was just like, all right, yo, this dude, I'm not saying like he took a dive. But it's not like Anthony Yard was facing somebody that really came to win, you know. But um, I said, oh, I'm, just to jump in real quick, G, I apologize. I said uh, the guy's name is uh, Stefani Koikov. Koikov. It's a uh, like food. Yeah. I don't know. Sound like food. Stefani. Stefani food. All right. You know what <laughs> I mean? Some, some phony food. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, but I mean, hey, man, Anthony Yard, I mean, he looked all right, you know, like he was defensively sound. He was, you know, crisp with his shots. Like I liked his punch placement. But is he a, is he a threat for Arthur Better Be? I mean, maybe it's gonna be a tough one for him, you know. But it all depends, man. Like the style that. That he showed last night, I don't think it's the ideal style for Arthur Betabiev. Betabiev is gonna bring it to him. So the fact that like Yard just like walks towards his prey like that, you can't do that with with a better BF. You know what I'm saying? It's like what like who goes like what hunter goes straight to a bear and gives the bear opportunity to just violate him. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he's gonna have to find a way to like be more like uh like sticking and moving. And I know he likes to like plant his feet, stay in the pocket and just be real defensive. I, I just don't know how much that's going to work, but I still think he is a serious threat. 
in that division, you know, um, it's just it's really hard for I just don't see him winning though. So is he a serious threat? Maybe. <laughs> I'm saying like <laughs> I just don't see him beating uh Arthur Better BF. You know what I mean? All right, TBE. Anthony Yard. Lions in the camp, man. Lions in the camp. But let me tell you something. I saw this man lose to a jab. Better be is an animal. Better be is Better be is a fish out of water, man. Wait, he he's surviving, you know. Better be is built different. I don't know if Yard is gonna be able to train for that type of uh uh. Hold on, did you just say Better be is a fish out of water? Yeah, but he built different. He's, uh, you know, I, I just saw, I just saw that. He's a fish out of water, but he's built different. G. He's, he's, I saw, I saw, I saw Black Panther two last night. He's El Kukukan. You feel me? You gotta be, you gotta be built different, Anthony. Y'all, you got, you gotta be really ready for this challenge right here. Like, you lost to a jab. Like when I watched that fight, I'm like, is this man really losing to a jab? And he lost to a jab. And that's that was like a year and a half ago. He bounced back. But I'm like, better beef is more than a jab. He's a monster. He's he's a he's a, he's really, really about that life when it comes to this Boston game. I don't know better I don't know if Yard can really take the fight to him. And Yard, maybe this be your lesson. This is the like the the comp- competitiveness you need to understand that you're going up against. Know what you have to bring to the table. Cause you also a jab, and I can't, I can't, I can't. It's like when you look, I'm, the fights were playing my mind, and he lost to a jab. Was it by Ned? Make perspective. You're saying he yeah. lost to a jab. Could they're talking just- about the Lennon the fight, right? Nah, yeah. he's, I thought you talking about the Kovalev. No, fight. he's talking about Lennon. No, Lennon Arthur, like Kovalev. I get it. You tied out. You you blew the tank on Kovalev. <laughs> but Lennon, you lost to a jab, like my right, brother. So TBE, so TBE, just to add some perspective, that Lennon Arthur fight. I know he lost like two or three relatives to COVID. He was going through like right. a lot at that time, um, and I think like. People don't recognize, and particularly fighters, because fighters think that, like, you know, you're a fighter. Like, at, when you're young, like, so, like, Nas has this song oh, on his... Oh, he meant jab, like, meaning, because Arthur only threw yeah, jab. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, he only threw he jab, yeah. jab, bro. Like, when he fought Kovalev, and then Kovalev just, like, clipped him in the end, and he just dropped. But I was like, that's exhaustion. Yeah, yeah that don't count. You know what I'm that, saying? He so, lost from exhaustion the first fight. All right, cool. You got you to know yourself, your motor as a fighter. Yeah, yo, so but but listen to this, right? I get what you're saying with the Lyndon Arthur in the first fight, but he had a lot going into uh that first fight. Like he lost like a lot of relatives within a short span of time. And like what I was trying to explain about the mentality of a fighter is like when you're young, you think like you're invincible. Um I was getting to like the Nas song or uh, Once a Man, Twice a Child on like his album, where he talks about like, you know, when you're a baby, you need people to take care of you. Uh, then when you're a young man, you feel invincible, you feel strong, you can dunk, you can take punches, you can, you can do all types of stuff. And then when you get old, you need someone to take care of you again. So it's like once a man, twice a child. But when you're in that invincible state, you don't realize your mortality. You don't realize like you're human. So you don't want to take a step back. You don't. So he gets in the ring. He's fighting Lyndon Arthur. 
And he could have trained, he could have done everything in the gym, but he's still not all the way himself. So, like, what you're saying, like, he lost to a jab, like, I hear you, but I'm just saying to you that there were a lot of other things going on in his life that you probably wouldn't see, that he probably couldn't even see, just because he's still in that that state where he feels invincible. He feels like, I'm a fighter, I'm big, I'm strong, I can take everything, but really sometimes things show up in a manner in which you don't you don't realize you don't recognize so i'm just pointing out uh tbe that you know that probably wouldn't be the best fight to judge him on but you know, it wasn't that fight a draw no he lost a close he lost. decision uh, i actually thought he won though i actually thought he won. i think i think i had it a draw like that was a close fight he lost. Yeah, it was a close the, the fight but i scored won. i scored he, it, he, i scored it for anthony Yard. but he he avenged that loss he did. Yeah, he did. But I'm just saying, in that moment, it just shows you it's his mind ready to go up against a better B at this point in his career. And I'm not gonna say take take the take, take the easy route. No, if you want to challenge yourself, challenge yourself. But better B is an animal. He's better B is built different. Like I I, I don't think anybody's seen better B right now. Like, I don't I mean, even think it's you know, um, have the AJ treatment, dog. You about to start talking about his back? And he saw his back. I was about to say he was looking at better B as back. Better like, you know. B comes in there and he knows he got to get the job done. He's getting the job done. But Anthony Yard, if you want to be a serious threat, you really got to study some tapes. You got to find this man's weaknesses, which I don't see any. Which yes, he may be. I don't know what Better Beef's tank is from the fights I've seen so far. Fighters take it to him, but he takes it back to the fighters, and he has a solid chance. He has a solid tank, dog. Yes, everybody. Yes, firepower. He has. He's bringing. He's throwing nukes at you. I don't know what this man Better Beef is built out of, but he is a tough fighter. And if you're gonna, if you you gotta just find this man's weaknesses, and you gotta. Capitalize off of that when you fight this man. Because if anything else, his job gonna take you out. That's all I'm saying. In first first round, I'm, that's all I'm saying. But Anthony, I, I rock with you. Lions in the camp, baby. First round, we here. This guy, we here. But I'm just saying, it's 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 it's, a, it's, it's hard to like see it happening. Right, so we talk about Arthur better be. Uh... 18 and 0, 18 knockouts, three belts, three major titles, one major title away from being undisputed. Um, I do believe he is 38 years old. So we're talking about that guy. He's he's an animal, I think. He's proven it time and time again. I remember watching the fight between him and Marcus Brown, where he was cut. Marcus Brown was doing a decent job, and they feared that the fight was going to get stopped because of the cut. He just went out there and took Marcus Brown out. Um, but Marcus Brown did do some good things in there. I think Anthony Yard's a serious threat. You look at, you bring up the Kovalev fight and what he was able to do against Kovalev, and people bring up the fact that um, Tunde Ajahi told um, Anthony Yard empty the tank, get him out of there. But they were fighting in Russia, and although you may believe Anthony Yard was up on the scorecards, they had no way of knowing that, and Tunde believed in his fighter and he wanted to get the dub. Now Yard gassed out and Kovalev was able to stop him. But I don't think there's any shame in that. He went for it. <clears throat> his whole life he can say he went for it. Now had he played it safe and gone to the scorecards and lost, he would be wondering what would have happened if I went for it. But he doesn't need to think about that because he went for it. 
and unfortunately he came up short. But he had a he had a good chance, and and, and I'm not mad at that. The Lyndon Arthur fight, I scored that fight for Anthony Yard. And people get mad at me. Remember, I don't do this for like approval. I do this because I just give my honest opinion. I feel like Anthony Yard doesn't get. He's one of the rare fighters in the UK. I feel like doesn't get support from the UK. Anthony Yard, but I see people in the UK support all the UK fighters, but for some reason Anthony Yard doesn't get that support. I hear them talk about Joshua Buatzi. I keep hearing Joshua Buatzi can beat Anthony Yard, and I say this from the beginning. I don't see what y'all see in Buatzi. Let me repeat that for you. I don't see what y'all see in Buatzi. I do not. I think y'all would smoke Buatzi. Like I don't. I don't know what y'all seeing him. But y'all were throwing y'all support behind him. And I'm thinking, you got this dude, Anthony Yard, right here, who's from the UK and gets no love. And then you look at his story and what he endures. And 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 I'm telling you, them judges showed him no love in that because I believe he beat Lyndon Arthur the first fight. But OK, the second fight, he made sure he didn't even leave it to the judges. Got Lyndon Arthur out there. Do I think he's a serious threat to Arthur better be I do think he's a serious threat. Does that mean he's going to win? I don't want to make my predictions right now, but he's he's up against it. He's up against a guy who's knocked out 100% of the people he's been in the ring with, a guy who got three straps. So when people say, oh, I remember hearing this. Oh, he's afraid to fight Joshua Buatzi. I used to hear that. I'm like, yo, do you watch boxing or do you watch like your favorite promoters fighters? Like, you know, because like this, like, it's just like a gang. Like, you don't like, uh, you don't like Frank Warren, so you don't like Frank Warren's fighters, and you you fancy this guy's fighters over Frank Warren fighters. Because I'm like, just watching as a boxing fan and someone who's been watching boxing my entire life, I look at Anthony Yard and I look at Buassi, and I think Yard is the guy who I would invest in. Like if they were businesses or whatever, I would invest in Yard. I've seen Yard in there with better fights. I think Lyndon Arthur would Lyndon Arthur would probably smoke Buatzi to be real with you. But like I don't I just don't get it. So um when I watch like Anthony Yard and I think he's picking better BF over Buatzi and people are like he's afraid of Buatzi. What? So the guy picks the man with three belts, the man with a hundred percent KO ratio. And he's, and he's avoiding a fight with this dude. And then Buatzi can fight uh, 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 John Pascal, and he's worried about John Pascal on PEDs. I seen a 40-year-old man whoop John Pascal. Like, a 45-year-old, what are we talking about? Like, this, this is the stuff that gets me. So I don't think Lennon Arthur gets the support he should. I'm not letting the I don't think uh, mm-hmm. Anthony Yard gets the support he should from the UK. Is yeah. Go ahead, oh, bro. Just for a point of correction, I had to look up my old score, and you was right. I had it 116-112 for Anthony Yard. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, so that's why I'm like, how the hell did Lyndon Arthur win? You know what I mean? And he got, Anthony Yard got robbed. And I, 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 I went out there, I said it. And people got mad and, and and whatever. I think a lot of that, I don't know where it stems from, but I think a lot of it was the Yard versus Buatzi stuff. But mm-hmm. where's Buatzi? And who's he fighting? And where's Yard right now? And who is Yard about to fight? So I, I I say this. I think he's a serious threat. I think he gave Kovalev a tough fight. I thought he, I feel like he should have two wins over Lyndon Arthur. 
because I don't think he lost the first fight. And he went through a lot going into that first fight that I just said. And then there was the talks about him getting rid of Tunde Ajahi and people trying to pin it on Tunde Ajahi. It seems like there are people who don't like Tunde. There are people who don't like Yard. I just never – to me, they're the most talented fight. Anthony Yard and his team, they're the most talented team in the U.K. that don't get the support that they should get, to me. But I hope that changes for this fight. Because you have a UK fighter fighting someone from Canada. So hopefully that y'all gonna back him the way you back all the other UK fighters who stand no chance. And you know me, I'd be objective on the show. If, if it's a UK fighter fighting an American fighter, I'm going for the best fighter. I don't care. I don't, I don't know, care. Bro, I don't know. Wasn't Le Lennox Lewis from Canada also? <laughs> the fans might be confused. They might think they can get. But they, but they, but they, but they, but they accept yeah. Linux. But they, but they ain't accepting. They ain't accepting Anthony Yard. So, may, so you're right. Maybe, maybe they still going to root for Better BF over him. But if it's just, oh, I've seen them. I've seen the, the fans from the UK root for a UK fighter who got no shot. Like I know this UK fighter's about to get smoked. I tell them this UK fighter's about to get smoked, and they're like, "Kell Brook is going to get TC." In what world? David Averigian, whatever. Oh, he's gonna get TC. Ah, you know what? I hope you're right, but reality tells me you're dead wrong. They were like, Kell Brooks gonna get. I see y'all do that. Now you got Anthony Yard about to fight uh, Arthur Better BF, and, uh, and 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 Anthony Yard is a really good fighter. He's athletic. He has good athleticism. He has good punching power. He has good speed. Like. He's going to have to have a good chin, but that's a whole other story. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't win, but I just hope that this is the one fight where I see the UK support this man the way he deserves to be supported. I hope they support his team the way they deserve to the support because they are taking on the toughest fight to me at 175. I don't think it's Baval. I hear everybody giving Baval love, calling me a Baval hater. If I'm a Baval hater, fine but once again i'm talking about the guy who i think is the best so y'all think Baval's the best cool he got one belt and you know a victory over a little dude and he y'all y'all want to act like that fight with craig richards or whatever didn't happen where i'm not so sure he won that fight Baval, but okay we will sweep that under the rug i know better be has won every fight he's ever had professionally no debate no debate i know that so I think he's the best. So maybe I'm, I'm, I, you can call me a hater, but I think Anthony Yard's about to go in there against the best. And I do think he's a serious threat. I do think that, you know, better BF has to take him seriously. He can't take him lightly if he wants to become undisputed. But most importantly, I hope for once the UK gets behind Anthony Yard. That's what I hope. I don't know, man. Better BF show up playing Sweet Carolina, Russian edition. Please, they, I, I, guarantee, I guarantee you still, you watch, there are going to be more people from the UK rooting for better BL than rooting for Anthony Yard. And, 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 and you know how I said how I pick them? I pick them based on who I root for. So, so people sitting there, oh, you don't get any prediction, right? You pick Sean Porter to beat DC because I was rooting for him. How do you not understand that? I could have easily said, I'm going to pick TC, but I'm rooting for Sean Porter. Nah, I'm not like that. I root. I picked the fight I'm rooting for. So I don't know. I'm not saying that. I don't, I'm not making my prediction on this fight yet. We're going to see. I, if the UK if the UK get behind my man Anthony Yard, 
I'm going to just make my predictions how I make them, who I think is going to win. But if the UK don't support anything, y'all, I might have to get behind them because I, I feel bad. Because I, I feel bad for the brother. I said, dang, man, these they support everyone in the UK. They support. They got this dude in the UK. I'm sorry, I don't want to keep going over. They got this dude in the UK, uh, James something. James. He was fighting on on the undercard. He fought like before Anthony Yard did. Oh, uh, I didn't see that one. I, I can't remember that. his name. Something James. Nine and oh, he was nine and oh with 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 zero knockouts, mm-hmm. fighting some dude like Humphreys or something. The dude was supposed to be a showcase for him. The dude knocked him down <laughs> in like the second round, and it was a close fight. And I hear the, the fans, James, James, getting behind James and the commentary gassing up this dude, James, who's horrible, by the way. This dude fights with his chin up like this. He Find a shorter dude got his chin up like this, getting hit, getting getting hurt by the dude. And and I hear the crowd support him. Anthony Yard can't get no love. <laughs> Anthony Yard can't get no love. But this dude, 9-0 with no knockouts, getting dropped, chin all the way up in the air, getting all the love. So I just hope, that's what I'm saying, I just hope that Anthony Yard can get some support this fight. Uh, Lions in the camp. Right. Lions in the camp. <laughs> The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is, will Howie Mungia fight a full-time boxer in 2023? I'm watching his uh, fight last night, and the only thing that stuck out in my mind was not the name of his opponent. I don't even know the name of his opponent. Uh, But what Sergio Mora said, the Latin snake said, that the guy he was fighting was a hundred to one underdog. A <laughs> hundred to one uh, underdog. Then they proceed to tell the story. It's been a very frustrating year for Mungia. He didn't get any of the fights he wanted, really. So he had to fight a hundred to one underdog. So the question is, seriously, because uh, I mean, actually. While you answer this question, G, I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull up Howie Mungia's uh, record. Will we see, yeah, Howie Mungia fight a top, uh, or fight a full-time boxer next year? Full-time boxer. Nah, but I'll say this. The answer is I'm hoping yes. And the reason why is because I don't like how Oscar's been, uh, you know, sheltering uh, Howie Mungia's career. Like, I know... Like, they were thinking, like, he was going to be next up. Like, this kid's going to be a huge star. But you're not feeding them. Like, you're not like you're not feeding us, the fans, Hami in a real fight. I remember when Hami was the, the, the mandatory for Boo And they refused to fight Boo And I'm like, yo, what the? Are y'all serious? Like, if anything, this would be the best bet, the easiest route to become champion because, you know, it seems like Boo Boo fights like once a year. You know what I mean? So he's inactive. He's older now, you know, and I know it'll be a difficult fight, but, you know, I think, you know, that was his best chance of, of becoming the champion. And now this guy, I don't know, man, like I'm, I'm hoping he's going to fight a, a, a real killer or somebody that's of name, but I doubt it, but he really needs, so at the very least, is he going to fight an actual boxer? For 2023, I really do hope so because, and I and I and I 
don't like using this term, like uh, calling like boxers like cowards and stuff like that. But when you have Golden Boy managing your your career, and it's like they're having you walk on like eggshells, man. Like, and it's like, dog, it's okay, man. Crack a couple of eggs, make some omelets, you know. Like, get in there, you know. Exchange with some names, you know. Talk trash, like. He doesn't really do nothing. Like, his social media presence is subpar also. So, I don't know, man, what's really good with um, Munguia's career. I hope Golden Boy, you know, takes him off the leash and let that kid roam, man. It's time for him to eat. And if he could just actually fight somebody, you know, I would respect it. All right, TV. I see what they're doing here, man. You see his record. 41 wins is insane for a 26-year-old. But, you know, maybe they're just, they're just keeping them fresh. They're getting them ready for, like, you know, the, for the big leagues. You need, I know he, he was a professional boxer. He's already in the big league. But it's like you got guys who come in and they want to get the big fights early and they're not prepared. They show they're not skilled. I think Hami's just honing his skills. They got him in the – you know, they got him in these fights – that are just like preparing him for when he's ready to step up on and first is come is coming out right like when he makes his interest oh, into the league into into <laughs> the into actually find an elite boxer next year maybe the end of next year I I predict end of twenty twenty three he'll fight at least somebody worthy of saying no nah, the question is not worthy it's just fighting a full time actual fighter bro like somebody in twenty twenty three. Damn. End of 23 and 23. Maybe like around October to I give him from September to December. Those last four months. A fighter, actual fighter. But maybe he'll start next year, mid uh early next year, I'll fight another another tune up. And then he'll be ready. Cause you know, he guy's 26. Yeah, it's it's he, that's that's not young, but it's still fresh. He's still a fresh fish in the box. That's game. young, bro. He's still young. Yeah, still young. Still fresh. In, in the division he's in too, so he's still a fresh fish. So I'm not, I'm not. I see what they're doing, but those fights you look at them, it's like, it's like very wildish to me. So, yeah. Yo, I just flashed on my phone, man. I want to say, uh, rest in peace to the original Green Ranger from the Power Rangers. Oh, Tommy's yeah. dead. Tommy, Tommy died. Jason uh, David Frank, yeah, the Green Ranger. Damn. Yeah, he committed suicide, according to um, Team Z. Yeah, Tommy Oliver from the original run of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That dude was a Power Ranger forever, sir. Yeah. Yo, man, that thing is crazy about life, man. I remember watching the Power Rangers. Green Rangers used to be my yeah, dude, man. In third grade, doing their moves and stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's in the schoolyard getting in trouble yeah so um yeah to, to talk about uh homie mungia a hundred to one underdog see this is the problem with growth like at this point in his career he shouldn't be fighting a 100 to one underdog like what is that doing for the people and no one really wants to see it it was on actually uh, uh one of the spanish channels in uh, uh one of the yeah spanish channels in uh, mexico because uh, the zone didn't, the zone covered it, but it you can see like based on who had interview rights, the microphone, and what was happening, it wasn't like 
um, uh, like the zone put anything into it. And um, it's just sad to see that from someone who had as much potential as uh, Hami Mungia. Like they show, he came into the game, he beat Saddam Ali. Well, not that he came into the game, but he burst on the scene when he beat Saddam Ali and then he beat um, Liam Smith. And so that's kind of when I was like, yo, this kid is talented. But since then, he hasn't done anything. Um, and here we are another year where we're waiting to see him step up. And he has it. He called out Triple G um, at the end of his fight. So you want to call Triple G. Triple G, like, but be 42 years old by the time you fight him. Then already had all these wars. And yeah, we just talked about how age isn't age isn't always the determining factor. But the point is, why'd you wait to fight Triple G? You could have fought Triple G years ago. And and um, G pointed out, Tommy Munguia had a chance to fight Demetrius Andrade, and, and he never wanted to cash it in. He was Demetrius Andrade's mandatory, and he never wanted that fight. And it's just kind of like it's funny hearing. Oscar De La Hoya is saying he's going to expose all the promoters and that are keeping the major fights from happening. So what's happening with Munguia? Because you promote him, and he's fighting 100 to 1 underdogs. 100 to 1 underdogs. On top of that, the dude's 39 and 0. Like, think about that. How much more experience he need, Ned? You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's It's crazy to me. It's like he peaked years ago when he beat Saddam Ali. And he beat Liam Smith. That's that's the, that's the highlight of his career. That's not how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, 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 how much do you want to baby him? Is he not progressing at the rate you would like um, at this weight? Or is it just you don't see any matchups that you think that he can win? I, I don't understand. It's crazy to me. Um, but I, I just hope we see him in there with someone with a pulse uh, next year. Like it's crazy. like a hundred to one underdog, and I watched that fight, and it was horrible. It was like that dude just went in there to get a check, and that's really what happens. That's why, like, when I point out when I did um, the audits, when I pointed out how someone may have like another job or show someone's record of them retiring in the corner or whatever. Sometimes these dudes just walk in to get that paycheck, take a few punches and go down. Cause they take a few punches. They're like, okay, you got to pay me now. Let me go down. Let me get this money and let me go home. The only time you can really guarantee or the only time I'm really impressed with a knockout is when you knock out someone who has something to lose, someone who can't win because they know that if they don't win, then they're going to have to get a regular job. So let me just phrase it like this, right? Uh-huh. Go ahead. Oh, just came to me. Do you think Mungia is just waiting for Triple G or Boo Boo to just relinquish their belts? He called out Triple G. But uh-huh. is he really going to fight Triple G? I think that's, that's a, I think that's a real it's possibility. Person out, but it's really, I have to call you out because the fans is expecting mm-hmm. me to do it. Exactly. exactly. But it's really like, I'm just waiting for one of y'all to either retire or just relinquish the belts, and then I could just fight a random dude for it instead of messing with y'all. You know? So that's what I think that's the route that they're looking for. Yeah, I think oh. you might be right. They're trying to wait it out because they know Triple G's going to have to give yeah. up the belts at some point. But so look at it. Like I said, if you if 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 you have a job and you box, that's cool. I I don't got nothing against it. But 
If you get knocked out, to me, that's not impressive. You got to knock out the guy who needs to win so he doesn't have to get a job. When you knock that guy out, to me, it's impressive. Because now that guy's like, yo, I must win because I'm not trying to work a regular job. I'm a champion. When you when you work in, when you fighting those kind of guys, that's that's impressive to me. And Munguia, I'm sorry, man. I need to see him in there with someone. And, and he beat Gabe Rosado, Gabe Rosado, but like, come on, man. Rosado is everybody, everybody he's picks him. It's yeah. like, yeah. yeah, he's a gatekeeper at this point. So come on, man. Uh, will he fight someone who's a full-time boxer in 2023? I'm going to say no. Yeah, like um, well, I don't know. If, uh, what's that dude named the Rev? You know, like the Rev. Oh, the Rev and Chinko. Yeah, fight, 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 fight. Uh, Eubank Jr. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all all in the same division, man. I thought, I thought at one point Eubank called him out or something like that. He don't, he don't. Yo, listen, man. You know, yo, Chris Eubank will take that fight. So. I think, I think you may have touched on something. That may be what they're doing. They're just trying to wait out the division. They just want Boo Boo to move up, and they want uh. Triple G to retire, and then yep. they're going to try to take the easy route to the titles. Yeah, because, like. you know, Charlo, I don't see Monkey fighting no Charlo. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't see – I don't know what's going on with Charlo. That's a whole different story, man. I think Charlo may have retired from boxing. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is Terrence Crawford admits that his fight will not do good numbers. Well – that's my interpretation of it. If you have a different interpretation, of course, you can let me know in the comment section and my bros can let me know after they watch this video. So this was posted on Twitter by Boxing Eagle. Um, and as you can see, he's on a show, The Good Fight. Let's take a listen at what uh, TC had to say. When it's a network like this, right, that's just launching, it, it, it's it's pretty unknown in terms of being a, a streaming service, right? So just truthfully, it's probably going to be hard to get the awareness where you would maybe want it to be to get the buys to be where you would want it to be. You kind of brace for that, for the views not to hit like crazy numbers and then people to kind of use that against you and say, see, I told you you shouldn't have fought him, blah, 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 blah. Is that, is that what you're expecting? Yeah, of course. You know, you, you got to always expect that, you know, with – with something new coming up, but you know, this is just the start of something. So when the start mm -hmm. is, you know, it, it may not be all peaches and cream, you know, from the from the jump, because a lot of people don't know about BLK Prime. A lot of people don't know, you know, about the app, you know. So you know, you got to get your feet wet, and then once you get your feet wet, then you know everything start into place. You know, the fight fights that they put on the that uh the type of fighters that they go out and search and get and put on the fans want to see good, uh good good fights they want to see great fights so as long as they putting out great fights with great fighters then you know it's gonna uh do good numbers mm -hmm. all right all right can y'all hear me yeah yeah so you heard what tc said now uh, we're going to take a look at some tweets, and we'll discuss it. Uh, so TC has uh, posted this pic on his uh, Twitter page to promote the fight. As you can see, tickets for my December 10th fight go on sale tomorrow. Um, 
Now, this was posted on November 6th. Now, let's take a look at what people have been saying. <laughs> it says, uh, you slander Spence for this nonsense fight. Crime got the big fights, you say, but you fighting David Advil, not Boots, not Virgil, not Thurman. And it looks like your fans are not following you to the app. So are you proud to win the EBU belt from David Advil? And then he posts this picture of uh, Prime with the 652 likes, 800 uh, followers. And then uh, someone else wrote, reading all the thousands of tweets about this fight, it really ain't looking good. So many believe Spence was happening. So many wanted it. So many still crying for it. No one seems to respect this guy you're fighting. All saying his, man, he's a bum. You got to get that Spence. So as you see, the more like we go through this, you see um, people are dissing this fight. Where's all this crap? All right, oh, here we go. It says, uh, before you judge Bud, how about you walk a mile in his shoes and his <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, so people are really um, getting after him. Watching Crawford beat the F out of some random dude on a random platform. <laughs> Don't do Homelander like that. Well, here goes, here goes a TC apologist. If y'all not watching it, then get off the page. Y'all take time to say ain't going to watch a fight. MF's not going to be doing none, no way. Why not watch all the other fighters? Y'all say the same ish over and over. Nobody fighting for real. But Plant versus Benavidez, 100. But I don't know about that, man. Um, PBC's uh, WW poster ducked Bud for years. Uh, so those are some of um. He still got his diehards. He still got his diehards. He still got his diehards. Nah, I'll pass Bud the duck. <laughs> Bud, that's Bud right there. <laughs> um, anyways, you can see, ain't nobody buying this joke of a fight. Um, <laughs> I get you to play that, but it's just hilarious. So you should play that. <laughs> I can't play it because I got my headphones in. Uh, yeah, so you so you wouldn't be able to hear it. But yeah, as you can see, it's not getting a positive reaction on social media. So this isn't me telling you. This isn't me making it up. You just saw we own two eyes. People are not feeling it. They're like, bro, we, we don't want to see this fight. So um, TC has responded in ways that show that it's getting to him. He said, why everyone's so tough and hard on social media? LOL. Y'all must have been the ones getting bullied as kids. It's okay. I'm gonna pray for y'all tonight. And so, uh, then some, uh, you know, uh, Diana says you're losing your own fans, Terrence. Terrence, I'm not being facious. Um, uh, I'm being wise. A, I think she meant facetious. I'm not being facetious. I, I'm not being facetious. I'm not being a wise. A, I'm telling the truth. Silence is golden. True. Uh, you wouldn't tell me I'm soft to my face. And then TC says, I know because I'll show you. <laughs> so TC's about to put hands on. Uh, and so we ain't hard, bro. The questions are. 
Uh, so someone said, uh, this is fake news. You aren't showing the record when they fought Bud. Oh, this is another Bud apologist. And this is what I don't understand. Like, if people are in the comment section saying they don't want to see the fight, like, you can sit here and try to uh, defend it all you want to. Genuine, logical boxing fans see you as an extreme talent, but back down to fight, which many believe his greatest challenge. You failed to enhance your legacy and failed boxing. But I'm happy you can feed your family, but ain't feeding your legacy nor boxing in this present time. Yeah, so salute to Mr. Moonshine, man. That was fast. Yeah, I feel like that's fair. Um, Crawford would destroy any local 230-pound tough guy. It sucks his resume is paper thin, and he's not fighting Spence. Let's be real here. I don't know, I don't know what that comes about, but... Yeah, so as you can see, he's not fighting Spence. He's getting frustrated. So he's um sitting around and um yeah, he's sitting around and all right, let's take a look. At this last tweet. He said the real flex is I'm living life happy, paid, and a lot of y'all is sad, jealous, broken, miserable. Laughing emojis. Oh, God, and so then this guy put this. Said this you, um, Ray Jackson, who who does a lot, and uh, he pulled up a TC tweet from um 2020. It looks like August 26, 2020. I'm not even gonna lie; I have a lot of hate in my heart. That's what TC said back then. So he's saying like, "Oh, but now he's talking." <laughs> Someone put Clayton Bixby up there. If you got hate in your heart, let it out. <laughs> um, the. Flex is I'm living life happy, paid. A lot of y'all sad, miserable, as so someone put it. All right, so someone said, funny thing is a lot of these haters are going to go real quiet once Crawford dominates to somebody's from the PBC. Okay. I'll wait. I've been waiting. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I notice you talk a lot about money, a lot, in that you'll like to brag about how much you have. That says a lot about your character and what type of people you are. And I don't know. That's going too far. Nah, that's true. I actually agree with that person who wrote that comment, to be honest. I feel like it's embarrassment. I, I feel you, but I feel like it's embarrassment. I feel like it's just when people keep talking and dissing you, all you can say is, yeah, but I'm getting money. And I'm yeah, getting but I'm getting money. money. That's why y'all broke. Well, these broke people ain't going to buy your fight. So where'd that leave you? you know I mean? So easy money says everybody commented as Spence Trolls. Listen, a real fan of the sport sits back and let it play out because nobody really knows the situation, just speculating. It takes a real champion to deal with all the hate and still handle business without a care from the haters. I mean, some true, some's not. I mean, they can they can comment on the fact that you want them to pay for David Averigian on an app that, that isn't even popular. So now you want people to download this unreliable app. The first thing they teach you, like, even at, like, your job, if you work, they say don't download apps you don't know and don't download apps that aren't, like, approved and, and aren't well-known. So no one even knows this app. So you want people to risk viruses on their computers to download this app. Then you want people to pay for a bad fight. If he was fighting Virgil Ortiz, no one would be complaining. If he was fighting Boots, no one would be complaining. So, like, that, that, the fact that it's not Spence, yeah, okay. It's also the fact that you're fighting a guy nobody asks you to see you fight. So, um, 
anyways, there's there's enough of of that. The point in showing those tweets, um, I believe there's enough evidence out there in addition to the video where he said like, oh, it's a startup, so it, it's probably not going to do good numbers. There's also those tweets, and there's also the crowd and, and, and the fans and the public telling him on social media that they don't want to see this fight. So I'll turn it over to you, G. What was your reaction to Spence's, I mean, Spence, uh, Terrence Crawford, what he said in that interview and his reaction, what he said on Twitter and, and the way that uh, the fans are responding to him? All right. Well, the first thing that he said uh, with the, the interview was like, what I didn't like was he was like, I mean, yeah, it's obvious we're not going to do good numbers. It's a new company. You know, nobody knows the app. And I'm like, no, that's not the issue. The issue is you're not in a good fight. Nobody knows this other guy, you know. And I think the problem is TC is realizing how much of like the, the ESPN top ranked machine has carried his career mm-hmm. right and so on yeah sure if you're on espn you could fight a nobody and the viewership may be higher because yeah espn is a no uh, a more established platform this and third but it's not like people were really paying for your pay-per-views anyways even on espn because again people want to see the best fight the best but now that you're going with this new company that no one no one knows about right and then it seems like you're taking uh you're taking all of the like all of the fault on on you negotiating a fight with a random nobody. Now you're putting it on that promotional company, right? When it's like you know for a fact everybody wanted to see you with Spence. But people will respect you if you're fighting a, at least like somewhat of a household name. But dudes would be like, Oh, you know what? I know that guy. Yeah, you know what? That fight would still be interesting. Even let's say it was like against like a Keith Thurman, right? People could be like, oh, Thurman got elbow injuries. He's past his prime, blah, 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 blah. He's still a household name, right? Where people be like, you know what? I would pay to see that fight, you know? But you're fighting somebody that's like, I've never heard of before, right? And, and I'll say this. At least they fixed that flyer. They first draft was straight horrendous. <laughs> at least this one, it kind of looks professional now. So it's like, all right. But it's still at this point, man, it doesn't matter what y'all do. People just don't want to see that. And then on top of this, what I don't like about TC, and I'm not a, like a TC hater. I'm, I'm so real. Like, I actually support TC. But I don't like, and this goes to, to any uh, fighter, any celebrity, any entertainer, right? Your success is based upon poor people supporting you, right? So when you're clowning people saying like, oh, you mad because you broke, I'm rich, so it's whatever. It's like, who got you all of those riches? You know what I'm saying? The only way your success in boxing is if people pay for your fights, people go to see you fight. People pay for those pay-per-views. People subscribe to those platforms. If you're, like, trashing people, right, it's now, to me, I would go, man, why am I supporting this guy? I might as well just bootleg his fights, you know, because he ain't even trying to show respect to me. You know what I mean? And it's like, you got to think, I'm being honest, man, being a boxing fan, yo, it's it's expensive, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I do decent for myself. 
But when I see my cable bill, I'm like, yo. <laughs> I'm like, yo, do I really want to do this? You know? like Listen, G's being modest. Let me tell you, G does damn good. Yeah, I do I. I do and I. I do damn good. We do I. And this is expensive. Good. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, bills. I'm like, yo, I'm subscribed to $78 for I pay like probably two pay-per-view fights a month. A I car, mean, bro. Yo, like at the at the end of the year, when you when you tally up all the all the all the bargain, we could buy a car for like you we could buy yeah, someone a car, bro. Man, listen, it's so real now. I'm literally gonna use this as a tax write-off. I'm not even gonna lie to y'all. I'm gonna be like, yo. For boxing bros, I'm using this as a tax write-off for for marketing. Oh, well, You're right. It's too much. I'm like, God damn, man, boxing is doing this to me, you know. And then the fact that I use that as a write-off, yeah, <laughs> facts. But like, think about. I'm about to do that too. These fighters, they can fix their lips to clown people because we want better from from them. Yeah, I can't rock with that, man. And I, I really hope that's why I think the, it was like the first tweet that you read under it. When the sister was like, yo, I'm not even trying to uh, be facetious or whatever, but, like, this isn't a good look. I agree with her. You know, it's like, you're better than this. Like, TC, don't get in your ego. You know, like, and I'm telling you, the ego is the death of any great man. You know what I mean? So sometimes you just got to humble yourself. Look at this as a learning opportunity, right? Like, all right, I'm about to take an L on this fight. You know, I don't know if this company's going to, like, last after this you know like it happens you know what i mean just like trilla like i don't see trilla throwing any more fights it happens you know what i mean like you should just go like all right listen to the fans now clearly the fans want me in big fights whatever i do my next fight has to be big if i can't get spent i'm a death give the people something that they want to see you know and hey this might even mean Maybe you might want to really, really humble yourself and be like, you know what, Bob? You know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> you, know what I'm sorry? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I didn't realize how much you were doing for my career. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think he might have to, he might, this might really be one of those moments where it's like that suit that you have against uh, top rank, you might want to drop that. You know what I'm saying? You might want to give old Bob a call. And, and and try to situate something because yeah, this is only evidence in Bob's favor right now. Yeah, like yo, you're really hurting yourself, and you know for a fact. Let's not even. I understand what he's trying to say. Like, oh, it's a new app, it's a new company, a new promotional team. Yeah, that sounds cute. You think Al's gonna be like, yeah, I respect that. Al's gonna be like, hell to the no, bro. Your last fight, you only sold this amount of tickets in the arena. Your pay-per-views was X amount of dollars. Yo, are you really that dude that you say you are? You know? And so, and this is another thing I've been saying for the longest, that this TC and Spence fight, yeah, it's a huge fight for boxing fans. Not so much for casuals. So I like the fact that TC is more involved on social media, but I don't like the fact that the type of energy that he's delivering on social media. Yeah. Keep staying on social media, but be more positive, man. Like, talk about your family. Talk about why you got into boxing. Like, share other stuff, man. Like, just talk about stuff where people go like, you know what? I like this guy. I like what he stands for. I want to support him. But when you just all the time just going back and forth, if you're not going back and forth with Spence, you're going back and forth with fans. That's weird, you know? Like, 
there's only one other fighter that does this, and I give her a pass. I'm not gonna say the name, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like to me, it's like you don't need to go that route, bro. Like I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think you should go that route, TC. I'm trying to be politically correct here. You shouldn't go that route. You know what I mean? You're bigger than that. You're better than that. What you gotta do is just focus on building your brand. You know what I'm saying? And and obviously focus on trying to land the big fights. So I hope this experience will have you reconsider a lot of things, man. And hopefully we can get to see you against us, Spence, in the near future. T-B-E. Man, T-C. It's the same, man. Damn, homie. That's how I bring you was the man, homie. You gotta look at your personnel closely and realize who really wants the best for you. Because right now, the way it's being handled is being like it's like a football with grease, and it's being <laughs> like I don't know what you thought. You were doing with this, like anybody in my way would have said, No, don't I'll take this opportunity. I haven't told you go ahead and take this TC. You really need to let look at them real funny because like they saying yes to everything you, you look at. Like, yeah, you want you want you want pay less? Yeah, you that those look good on you. You want you want you want you want to drink chloride? Yeah, that 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 might be hydrated, that might hydrate you, all of that. Like they just telling you to do anything. That that comes into your mind, TC. I want to see. I want to see you fight, Spence. I want to see you do good. I want to. I'm. I don't. I'm not. I don't go against you because, like, I don't like you. I just don't like the decisions you choose to make. I don't like how you carry yourself in the sport. You really do need to humble yourself. You really do need to appreciate your fans who are going out that way to watch this fight. That we all know is a waste of money. And you do really need to humble yourself when it comes to making your contracts. Like, yeah, everybody needs to be paid what they deserve. But sometimes you really got to understand what do you bring to the t- Like, you can't take the people who helped you get to the point you are for granted because now you're fighting in a barroom, man. It's like, it's really bad. I hope I hope it sells. I hope you it does more than what you expect it's going to do. But... I'm sorry, man. I can't really. I don't. I don't know where this fight's gonna go, man. Like it's, it's gonna be. It's probably gonna be. This is probably gonna be the worst fight of the year for me, man. All right. Um, I think G touched on like a great point, so I kind of want to hammer it home if I can. Um, let's see if I can share. Okay. Yeah. Can you guys see that? The calculator. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's just say pay-per-views, right? Um, pay-per-views like $79.99, so we'll say $80, right? This fight, hold on, I thought it was $40 pay-per-view. Right, this fight's 40 Yeah. Well, who cares because this fight is garbage. Um, let's talk about like the average real pay-per-view yeah. we got to buy. It's like $80, right? So there's like at least two a month, like at least two a month, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll times it by two. Right, so you're talking about 160, and for the whole year, times 12. Talking about almost two thousand dollars that a year that a boxing fan has to dish out. 
it's really more than that. I only took two, but I'm telling you, some sometimes it's crazy. Sometimes it's like three fights. But you know what? That's for pay per view, right? <clears throat> Actually, yo, so so we'll write this down. So who we got? Oh, one thousand nine hundred twenty. Yeah, pay per views a year. Then so think about subscriptions. You, exactly. If you subscribe to the zone, the zone, so that's twenty dollars a year, right? So you go. You times twelve, so that's two forty a year. So now you got two forty a year, and uh, ESPN plus. ESPN plus. What are they like? Ten dollars. I don't remember. So we'll go I got fifteen a month. But like five dollars, ten dollars. If you got the Disney Plus special, yeah, I got like a bundle pack, so it comes with my whole month. Like it don't matter. That's twelve dollars. That's twelve dollars a year, right? It's, isn't it like? Twelve dollars, like eleven ninety nine. Yeah, it was some. Yeah, it's about that. It don't even matter. The point is, it's well over two thousand yeah. dollars that people spend to be a boxing fan a year. Well over two thousand dollars that people spend to be a boxing fan a year, and you're sitting around here saying that you want people to pay for your fight. Now you got to look at the fights that came on uh, regular TV, Devin verse. Um, uh, Cambosis came on regular TV. Um, some of the, some of the great fights come come with the subscription. I I watched Joshua Usyk two with just a subscription, I believe. Um, I watched Joshua Usyk one with just a subscription. You want me to pay to watch you fight David Everegian, and this is where you're starting to get into beefs and issues, like. The fans are not saying they don't like you, TC. The fans are not saying that they don't want to support you. Obviously, they want to. They want to see you fight Spence. And if you fought Spence, they would pay for it. What the fans are saying is they don't want to buy this. Mm-hmm. Bro, I don't even want to download the app. I'm not even joking with you. Like, I don't even want to download the app. Because I would never use this app. In 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 your in, in if you're going to introduce an app, right? Wouldn't you want to do it with a fight that's worthy? Wouldn't you want to do it with a big fight that's going to make people want to subscribe? They sitting there paying, and and the thing is, this is all on the cusp of you and Spence making it seem like you were fun. Finally, both negotiating in good faith to give us the fight we wanted. And then you then you pull out of the fight to give us this. I see a lot of TC supporters who come in and defend him. We're not attacking TC the man. We're not attacking TC for trying to support his family. But what we what we are getting at TC is you want us to take money away from our families to pay for your fight, and this is what you're giving us. We don't even know what's on that undercard. We have no idea what's on that undercard. We don't know. So... $40 to watch TC fight this guy on an app that none of us has ever used before. And now, now you even admit it that you know that you're going to have a hard time selling this fight. So why do it? But you're the same one who went at Bob and said Bob never got you a marquee fight. So you went out and did it for yourself. This is, this is the marquee fight you've been looking for. <laughs> like, for real, I think... What what like you said, I think what TC underestimated is 
how much the ESPN machine helped his career. Mm-hmm. How much them rating him number one pound for pound and them pushing that narrative that he was a mean guy who everyone across the street was running from was pushing that narrative. That narrative has died because everyone saw the dude across the street try to work with you. Everyone saw the dude from across the street try to work with you. Even Eddie Hearn admitted that making big fights with no guarantees is a normal thing. He said it's a normal thing because nobody wants to guarantee certain amounts of money. They said once a fight is big enough, you just no guarantees. You just know it is what it is. You don't need to, you don't need to make a guarantee. So even, even Eddie Hearn said that that's not uncommon. And if you say you're taking a risk fighting Spence with no guarantee, isn't he taking a risk fighting you with no guarantee as well? But he's willing to take that risk. And this is what, this is what I'm talking about. Like, it just gets to a point where people can't continue to defend. And I am on neither guy's side because I think it's sad that Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis are announcing that they agreed to get it on. Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis are, are announcing that they agreed to get it on, and we're still talking about Spence Crawford. Still. And their sides are still pointing fingers. And we ain't get it done. I'll close with this. Like like G said, I think, TC, you got to reevaluate the way you're going about things on social media because you're, you're biting the hand that feeds you. You don't get to be that way. Um, you don't get to, you know, ha- having money doesn't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Having more money than someone doesn't make you better than someone. Steve Jobs is innovator, created all this stuff, but in the end, he was just human too. Like, we're all just humans, bro. Anything happens. Any of us, any one of us can get touched. We're, we're just people. Um, as people who support your sport, as people who invest over $2,000 a year on boxing, and, 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 gee, we ain't even include tickets to go into the fight, buying tickets to go to the fight in that. We just talked about what it is to buy the pay-per-view. There's so many other things that go with boxing. That that costs even more money, but at least Hotel rooms, travel, all of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like come on. So so like for you to sit there and say, "Oh, I'm living my life." You live that life because the people who support the sport pay to see you fight. And as soon as you forget that, you're not going to live that life anymore. Because you see how many athletes go from making money to filing for bankruptcy. That's it. That's why it's important for you to make the, the right decisions right now. Because all people see is, oh, oh, I'm rich. Oh, I'm rich. You get paid when you fight. Once or twice a year. You can't fight for your whole life. And in this moment, you got to make enough money to last you a lifetime. Because you'll never be paid the way you're paid today. And you are not a media guy. So you are not going to be calling fights like Andre Ward and Tim Bradley. At least Tim Bradley's funny with it. You know what I mean? And Tim Bradley, although he may not be the best analyst, he has a good personality. So he's a good personality guy. TC, no one would accuse you of having a good personality. So I don't know what fights you're going to call. Maybe you're going to be a trainer because you got like all the young fighters in. Maybe your next transition is to be a trainer. And you could do that too. But all I'm saying is like, 
Stop fighting with the fans and actually listen. You may learn something. They want to see you fight Spence. That's it. That's the message. Spence, learn from this. Because although you may fight Keith Thurman and, 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 and an opponent who has a better name and a better rep, we don't want to see you fight him either. We want to see y'all fight for Undisputed. And if y'all don't make that fight, people are not going to be happy with you. That's the, that's the message. In the moral of the story, TC, for you to take away, people want to see you fight Spence. That's it. Spence, people want to see you fight TC. But your time's going to come when your time comes. But right now, it's about TC. People don't want to see this garbage anymore. We're not paying for it. We're sick of it. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is Greg Hardy, the former NFL star, beats Haseem Rahman Jr. in his fight with uh, the X-Series. I'm going to turn it over to you for Spirit G. What was your reaction to that? Uh, for, I'll say this. I'm going to give my man Rahman some, some credit because my man Greg Hardy was like 100 pounds heavier than my man. <laughs> To me, that looked like it, it didn't look like a real boxing match. I was like, seeing doesn't even look like he belongs in the heavyweight division. Like, I understand he was like 220, but he didn't look it. You know what I mean? And especially in comparison to this, you know, Hardy. Like, my man is a big dude. The dude was 320 pounds. And it seemed like Asim had the first round, he did good. He caught my man with some clean hooks. And then after that, just went downhill from there. My man got dropped. Uh, te technically, got dropped two times. First time, it was bad. My man, uh, Greg Hardy, done punched the dude's mouthpiece mouthpiece out. Kept rocking him. And my man seemed. I can say this: he has a chin because he absorbed a lot of punches. And I was like, oh man, this is like abuse. You know what I mean, like he was getting ragged off for a little bit. All I could hear is Shane the can in the back. Look at the jab, jab, a hundred jabs. Looking like Joe Frazier. More like, jabs, champ. I was like, nah, <laughs> this is a force. You know what I mean? But the scene, man, it just to me, yeah, that 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 kid, man, that it was a poor deal because if this is Greg Hardy's like first or second fight, and I know he has some MMA combat experience, but Hasim, you've been doing this your whole life. So to see that type of performance, man, I was like, damn, I think Hasim was gonna get violated by uh uh what's that kid name? Uh Jake Paul. Jake Paul. I think Jake Paul was gonna death knock him out because at least with Greg Hardy, Greg Hardy actually could have knocked out Hasim, but Greg Hardy again, he you know, he's a big dude, so his endurance was horrible, you know. Like there was times man, he hit Hasim, Hasim almost fell, but the ropes kept him up. So I was like, oh, I thought the, the ref was going to start counting. The ref didn't say anything. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, All right, I guess that doesn't count as a knockdown. And they kept going. And Hasim, it was like the last round was the worst. The last round was like, it was a four-round fight. So in the fourth, Hasim wouldn't even engage with the guy. You could see that Hasim was actually afraid of him. You know? And I'm just like, yo, this guy, I'm telling you, Greg Hardy, no disrespect, I know he's a, He's a he's an athlete, former NFL player, and all that good stuff. But there's no way Greg Hardy's performance could compete with anybody in like the top 15 in the heavyweight division. So 
I was just like, oh man, this ain't a good look, Haseem, man. It just looked bad for him. So Haseem, man, I think honestly, you need to get out of the heavyweight division. I think uh like the heavyweight and cruiserweight divisions is not for you. I think if you could kind of if you could find a way to squeeze into the light heavyweight division, I think you'll do a lot better. You know what I'm saying? At your height, you know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, I think you'll you'll do a lot better. You know, and you're pretty athletic, you know. So I think you could kind of compete better at the smaller weights if you can make weight. But at the heavyweight division, man, you just free food, bro. Like, there's nothing you could do. That dude, Greg Hardy, was like, there was times he would grab him by the back of the head and just throw a punch. And I'm just like, damn, man, the ref ain't even saying anything. You know, like, I'm telling you, it just looked like you're watching the guy get get initiated. Like, he's just getting beat up. <laughs> It's like, yo, I'm going to beat you up, and you can't hit me back. You just take every punch. You know what I mean? And Haseem was like, all right, I guess. And I just felt bad for Haseem's dad. Like, I was like, yo, with his dad throwing the towel? Nope. His dad's just like, son, we need to knock out. Then he's telling his son, like, come on, you can do it. I'm like, bro, you see him? He, he looked defeated. Like, he's just like, yo, don't let He looked like he don't want to go back out there, but his ego and his pride is like, I got to go out there, but I'm not going to engage. So the way he started doing, just they just started dancing around each other in the last round. And I'm like, all right, Hardy, I can give him a pass. He a big boy, so he's tired. You know what I mean? At least that's what I thought, because at the end when they announced him as a winner, this dude's doing all kind of dance moves. So I'm like, what was all that movement in the ring? You know what I mean? But nonetheless, salute to Greg Hardy. You know, I, I don't think with, with the behemoths that we have in the like the the, the top five. I think, you know, Greg Hardy's not going to do good against those guys, but he is entertaining. So I think he can make a couple bucks here and there, you know what I'm saying, like on undercards and everything. But I view him, Hardy, I think he'll peak. He The Mac, I think the best he'll get is to like, what's that dude, the Zhang, the, the Chinese heavyweight guy? Oh, James. Like that. Yeah, you know, I think he'll James. get to his level. But then when it, beyond that, yo, he can't even – he can't even touch the toes of anybody in the top 10. He's going to get murdered. But salute to him for getting a, a a recognizable win against a legend's son. I don't know if that counts, <laughs> but I guess it counts. So salute to Greg Hardy and salute for to uh, Shane the Cannon. Salute to you, champ. I see you're a coach now. You're funny. Let's just see if you can actually get him to the next level. T-B-E. All right, this fight. <laughs> It was four rounds. And from what I see, seeing Rob Mount, you can't hang with the big boys. Like, I'm going to be real with you. Going light heavyweight is extreme, but I, I agree with you. You could try to go try and dominate over there, but there's still killers over there. And then cruiserweight, nobody – there's killers in cruiserweight, but you could find your your place there where you get your, your Ws. You're coming off of two Ls in the heavyweight division. And what I saw last night, you not you can't hang with these big boys, man. You don't got the size on you. You don't got you don't, you don't got the the like the uh what is it that Shinosequan where you are dictating the fight like all night you got ran around by a defensive lineman like he was just literally beating you up and it's just like for four rounds, four rounds. And I'm talking about if you really got to stab yourself in this division, you gotta go 12, 10 to twelve rounds with these guys. When you fight them, and what you saw showed last night, you can't even hang with a uh, with the guy with Greg Hardy. 
Like, but Greg Hardy, you look phenomenal. I'm not gonna lie. You look you look good. You you showed that you get hit, but you you showed that you you want to box, and you were what willing to take whatever these fighters throw at you. No, no, those are some strong words, Ned. I'm, I don't yeah, know. I, I'm not saying he's he a phenomenal guy for his stage. Yeah. He's he phenomenal. He's C elite. He's C elite. You give me, he's a C list <laughs> fighter in the heavyweight division. I give him that. I, I want to see more from Grand Hardy. I see him. I'm gonna tell you, take take go go to Cruiser. See what you could do there. If it doesn't work for you at Cruiser, you might as well retire because. There's killers everywhere in this, this in boxing division. Like you, you know, it's like if you want to step in the ring with these guys, you gotta bring more intensity, more tenacity. If I said that right, tenacity, tenacity. You gotta bring all of that. You got tenacity. Tenacity. I wish you, man. I wish you, bring it out of you. You know, you know. But you know, last night it just seems like you didn't want to be in the ring. You just like you, you, you kept. Holding up your guard, but like it's the heavyweight division, not gonna do anything, and it showed. But I wish you the best, man. Uh, you know, I was rooting for you against. I wish that Jake Paul f- fight happened because I feel like you would show them, you t- taught him a lesson. But I don't know, bro. I don't know, man. You hopefully, oh, boxing is the boxing, the boxing spirits in your family. So hopefully, it gets past the next generation. We get the I seen Rotman the third that that. That rocks people, rocks people out this world. You know, I seen rock world. You know, not I seen rock men because you know, y'all don't do that. But all right, that's man, that's up for me. <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, I don't know. Um, so look, I remember when we were first talking about Hasim Rockman versus um Jake Paul, and I pointed out how his attack was predictable. Uh, I pointed out how his technique was flawed. And I pointed out how I felt like he would lose to Jake Paul. And I saw some people in the comment section coming at me. Like I said to you, man, I'm not here trying to like, I just tell you what I see. And that's what I saw against Greg Hardy. Now, you got to look at it like this. Greg Hardy was 320 pounds and he, he was a short notice replacement. So he wasn't even in camp the entire time. Damn. So you got this big guy who was a last minute replacement former NFL player who stepped in to fight um, Hasim Rahman Jr. and beat him. Now, let's keep it a buck. How much worse would it have been for Hasim Rahman Jr. if Greg Hardy actually had a full training camp, the training camp that he had? Like, and look at how he, he dropped Hasim Rahman. If you watch it, it was a catch and shoot. From, from lazy, sloppy punches that Hasim Rahman threw, that junior, that I told you about when I watched his video of him, and I said I thought Jake Paul would be. And, and, and people, Jake Paul fights more rounds than this guy. Jake Paul fights eight rounds, so his condition is better. Look, Greg, Greg Hardy is 320 pounds, and he looked fresher. And he looked like he had better conditioning than Hasim Rahman going into the end of the fight. Where they, where, like you said, it looked like a dance and they were just circling. And he was the one pressing the action. So Greg, Hart, Greg Hardy, we're going to change the name to Greg Hardy. Like Greg Hardy, like Hardy <laughs> Bo, Hardy Mills, Hardy, because he was eating good. But um, nah, the thing is, 
I never really thought that Hasim Rahman was Junior was was a good fighter. I said that like I like him as a person. I respect his dad. I think his dad was a solid fighter. Has a victory over Lennox Lewis. No one could ever take that away from him. But I just thought he was he he was he wasn't he wasn't fast enough. His technique was flawed, and I felt like he was too predictable as a fighter. How predictable? A dude who's a football player was able to catch and shoot his punch. When someone catches and shoots on you, that means your attack was predictable. That means they predicted your attack, they caught it, and then they countered. Remember, go pull the tape. The first thing I said was his attack is predictable. He does the same stuff over and over again. I said that. It, I, it, does, it didn't surprise me. And if it was Jake Paul, I think Jake Paul would have knocked him out. And, you know, again, I do want to say on, on a positive note, I actually thought Rockman, Rockman looked better than he normally did. I thought he started the fight off looking good. Like that first round, I said, yo, he looked solid. But I also noticed he took a few punches. And I'm like, will he will he be able to take that? Greg Hardy's a is a hell of an athlete. I know he was in there. He looked big, but he he was elite in his sport. Um, Hasim Rahman Jr. is not elite in boxing. He's not. He was fighting four six rounders before. It wasn't like he was fighting twelve rounders. It wasn't like he was beating top contenders. So I don't know why he thought he was going to go in that ring and box circles around Greg Hardy. I don't know. I don't know why people thought that either. But what we saw, who was the better athlete in that ring? And that dude wasn't even in shape. So let him get in shape. I'm not saying that he's going to compete with the best boxers in the world. But what I'm saying is, Hasim Rahman talking about, oh, he said he's going to give me a rematch. You shouldn't want that rematch, dog. You're not getting any bigger. And he can get better. If we talk about who can get better and who can improve on their performance, I believe Greg Hardy can improve on his performance. But see, the only thing that happens in the rematch is you get knocked the hell out. So, like G said, maybe you need to try to go down a cruiser. And then if you can get down, I don't think you can make 175. But I think I think that Jake Paul was on to something for you. Maybe you need to just fight at a lower weight division. Because yeah. I think, yeah. The big boys, they're going to take you out. So that's it for me. Um, thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. And remember that we have a podcast that you can listen to on all major streaming services. That's Chef Boyard G right there. And that's Ned, the T-B-E. My brother Trill Dollar Bill couldn't be here. But you know if he was, he would show you some love. I'm Caden. Thank you for rocking with us. We're the Boxing Bros.